We are live. This is the Krillcast Live. I'm your host, Chris. I've taken the command back over from Will after mm-hmm. last week. It was a uh, he, total he, failure. He did too good of a job, <laughs> so I had to uh, bring us back down a pace. Mm-hmm. You did say I asked some good questions, so I appreciate that, Chris. You, you yeah. never give me any credit. so <laughs> <laughs> Your beard's earned us $10 so far, so there's that. It has. <laughs> and then we have a uh, really cool guest who's been on multiple times before. Uh, needs no introduction, but we'll give him one anyways. Uh, where? Who are you? <laughs> I am uh, Spencer, otherwise known as uh, the world's most renowned limited run historian. I've I've actually always <laughs> said this. Uh, I'm I'm not kidding because I've never been dis- uh, distributed distributed. I've never actually been uh, disputed by this. I have the largest limited run collection from someone who's not an employee, and I have a disgusting encyclopedic knowledge of them and other limited print companies because literally from their inception in 2015. Uh, to 2019, I bought everything they ever put out ever. Hmm. So I have yeah. to ask: Is that more from like a collector standpoint, or were you actually interested interested in every single game that they released? I'm gonna not to pick on you, Chris. I'm gonna say this is probably uh, limited run. Doug was probably my Tommy Tallarico. He took me around in the Lambo a few too many times. Uh, <laughs> I had him on in the podcast. I invited Doug to come on and talk about. Uh, basically, talking about not related for SMTN, I had Douglas come on to Shin Megami Tensei Network uh, just because I wanted to interview as many people as I could. And what was the... Oh, man, just a data. This is literally like the early way I found out about them. Because back in the day when Limited Run started, we tried to get Limited Run to publish Caligula on Vita. Because digitally only, speaking of the sequel coming out on Tuesday, um, they tried to publish it, but Atlas Japan will never let anyone, not them, publish anything because then they'd lose like ten pennies. Uh, so, <laughs> so that was that was a huge failure. Um, but no, it was really funny of like, yeah, trying to get him on and talking to Josh a whole bunch, and then led me to being like, hey. I love the Vita. It's literally my favorite system of all time. I like the PlayStation 4, so let's just buy everything here because it's fun. Like, all the like, because, like, I don't know if this drives you crazy, Chris, because you were showing me your massive collection of four. Like, lighting, <laughs> well, I have a huge V, I have a pretty big Vita collection. I well, just know, but yeah, the, the, limited, the limited one to... ones, like, I, it would drive me insane because the spines have the number. Yeah. Be like, why does it say 72? Like, I don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm missing the other 70. <laughs> So yeah, like, uh, the, the, hilariously enough, though, the breaking point for me, I don't know if I've ever told either of you this, was, and this is funny because I'm a huge uh, Star Wars fan, when they announced that they were doing Lucasfilm stuff, I was like, I'm mm-hmm. out, dude. I can't survive. <laughs> I, I can't fucking, I, like, I, I don't know if it was just, like, times were tough for me or, like, no, because was, I was really looking to move out and uh, uh, get married to my wife. So I, at the time, I was like, dude, I can't be explaining buying $100 plus Game Boy Advance <laughs> copies of Star Wars 1. Like, it was just one of those things that, like, I can't do it, dude. Um, so it's just one of those really, really funny things of just, like, I don't know. I, I have, I, like, you know, like, you have to find a moment, like, you have to know when enough is enough. So, hilariously, even though I love Star Wars, Star Wars was my I need to get out of here sign. Spencer, we have to pause. We actually have a donation, and we need to answer the question. When is Limited Run making a physical Jack Bros remake for PS Vita, Nintendo Switch, Online Expansion Pass, and Atari VCS? <laughs> I will say 
depressingly probably never because like i said atlas will never let anyone else publish right. their own <laughs> stuff but i will say this they actually just put out and i think they might even have some copies left because i have their website pulled up uh jeremy parish who works there now used to be at retronauts there you go yeah there's still a copy left uh the very bottom where it says books board games and more they are selling a virtual boy works and it is basically an entire encyclopedia going over every virtual boy game all 20 of them uh, oh yeah i see the- that and on the cover, and on the cover is Jack Bros. Because let's be real, the Virtual Boy has like twenty good games. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. And Wario, the Wario game on there was awesome. So that's one of the few games that I don't believe ever got ported off of the Virtual Boy, but would make sense since it's a first party Nintendo franchise. Oh, but like so, so many of the actual good ones are crazy because even Mario Tennis started there. Like Mario Tennis yeah. is really good on there. <laughs> Kind of, kind of crazy to think like mm-hmm. what franchises started and or saw a really good game release on this platform and never saw the light of day anywhere else. See, that would make the uh, Nintendo Online worth it if you get the Virtual Boy games on there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know like what this says about me as like a jaded fan, even though I love Nintendo. Like when I saw that fifty dollars price tag, it just went over me like water. I was like, okay, I wasn't even surprised. I was like, because I already thought the normal. I already thought the normal Nintendo amount of like twelve dollars a year was too much. So like at that point, like the fifty is just like whatever, dude. Like put your banjo kazooie tax on it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean between Sega, the Sega tax and the Microsoft tax to get those games on there, right? Anyways, um, I, I wanted to jump in with a uh, specific question for you, Spencer. But before we get into that, I noticed something really interesting about Limited Run's website. And this is exactly what I expected to happen. Was how much they've expanded from oh what they God. started it's with. It's like... I don't even recognize this website anymore. Yeah, what like, what's so funny be. is, like, I, I have so many friends who, like, are you much like you. Have, like, I dabble, I pick up what I want, maybe a Shantae or something, um, or just, like, something that interests me, like a weird one, like a Night Trap. Like, Night Trap was a big one. Um, so it's, like, so funny of, like, now, as someone who still follows it all and stuff, Dude, their website, I have no FOMO. I used to, like, legit, like, be like, oh, geez, dude, I don't know how I'm going to budget to, like, miss out <laughs> on this collector's edition. And nothing against what they're putting out. Like, they're putting out solid games. But, oh, like, yeah. I, what I think is just so funny is, like, it, once I dipped out of it, it, it has been so easy for me to miss out on stuff. So even going, like, to our thumbnail, their biggest game they've ever released, Scott Pilgrim, mm-hmm. I was like, no, nah, dude, I'll, I'm good. I'll pass. I'll just pick up the copy. <laughs> I, I passed up on it, too. I'm not going to lie. I was I was so excited about it. And then they released it, and then I was like, ah, never mind. <laughs> like, can, like, can you two rem- like, believe that that came out this year? That was a genuine No, I can't game. believe it. Mm-hmm. We did talk about that with Indie Timmy back when. Remember yeah. that, Will? We talked about mm-hmm. how that was like one of those few games. It was, like a, it was a gem on the PS3, and I think maybe the, it was on Xbox 360 too, right? Originally? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was 360 yeah. and uh, yeah, 360 and PS3. No yeah. PC port at the time. And so, like, it was pretty insane to think that a, a franchise as big as that with a game that was actually playing pretty well could just no longer exist digitally after a certain period of time. And Spencer has yep. left the building. <laughs> <laughs> he no longer so, exists digitally either. <laughs> yeah. So the, the question that I have, uh, the question I have for you, Spencer, is at, at what point, which game on Limited Run's shelf did you start thinking, okay, these are games that I actually want to play? Because oh the god, one for so- me, the one for me was this. Ocean Horn. Oh my god, dude. Ocean Horn is so I love that game. So good. By the way, if anyone has uh, a Switch, like so a lot of people know the first one. The first one sold really, really well. Uh it's a really great like link to the past clone. 
Um, oh, yeah. You know, honestly, it's not even fair to say it's Link to the Past. It's honestly like an indie's take on Link to the Past in the style of Wind Waker. It's a really, exactly. yep. really mm-hmm. good one. Actually, fun fact. But I do have this one. one. Oh, that is that is that one is less of an easy sell. I actually like Saturday Morning RPG, but that's definitely not a for everyone game. No, but I, no I was it's not. I was curious. Do you guys know who did the soundtrack to Oceanhorn? It's the guy from Final Fantasy. Um, I yeah, can't remember Nobu, his name is. N- Nobuo Uematsu. Yeah, because hmm. I, I the, when I picked up on the art, the music style was on that floating island in the sky that I can never think of the name of, and I was like, oh my gosh, this has to be from Final Fantasy, and I looked him up. Yeah. So what's really funny about this, especially because people look at my collection. Um, I wish I could show you guys, but my crappy uh, cam would not like be, do it any justice. But because um, I have on their PS4 up to 200, I'm in the 200s before I stopped. And on Vita, I have all 101 games they made. Uh, well, at least that's through theirs. They did a couple other ones. But no, what's funny is like every game I've bought is like one I legitimately love. Like there's no game I bought from them where like, oh dude, this game sucks. And like I've bought some weird ones. Like my absolute all-time favorite. Oh, okay, good. I can pull it out. Is this what's well, this wife, one, right? My wife gives me crap all the time. No, like I love Night Trap. Night Trap is really, really up there. I legitimately think I have four versions of it. I have I bought PS4, Vita, PC even, and that should say a lot because I don't like PC gaming, and Switch. So, like, I have bought almost every version of Night Trap, but they've released a couple more since. Now, this is, like, my go-to one my wife makes fun of me for. It's called Ace of Seafood. Do you guys remember this game that came out, like, a year ago for the Switch and PC? It's a fighting game where you're a crab fighting another crab. It's called Fight Crab. And you have these <laughs> giant utensils you're killing each other with. <laughs> okay. This no, is what, I don't remember this one. No, I don't know this one. This, this is what that team made. And it's literally, think like a survival sim where you are playing as ocean life and you are it's like if you've ever played tokyo jungle think of a third person explorer survival sim version of tokyo jungle with way worse presentation it's a super weird game i absolutely love it we need to play this as like a let's play for the krill cast is what it sounds like mm-hmm. oh that's actually a good point yeah because you can play there's playable krill and the best part it's two player it's co-op <laughs> yeah we, awesome. need, we need to do this yep. mm-hmm. my only regret from limited run games is buying this are you not a Windjammers fan? No, I like the game, but like literally after I bought it, it, it the problem was the hype for it died before the physical release actually got to consoles. <laughs> so like there was nobody to play online with. So I regret waiting for the physical version when I could have got the digital version and played when it was actually still kind of hyped. If you remember at the time, actually, Limited Run was doing this thing at the time where they were trying to think of as many ways to get you to double dip uh, as possible, because there was, believe it or not, there was an era before Limited Run started doing open pre-orders for everything. There was mm-hmm. an era where Limited Run would make multiple variants to yeah. like get people excuse. Because like originally, the thing was you're going to buy one to keep and one to uh, one to keep sealed and one to play. I was ne- I've never that guy. Any game I have sealed is only because there's a cover variant. And they were doing this thing where they would have collector's edition exclusive covers. So that cover oh, you have this. right there is the regular edition, and then on PlayStation 4 and Vita, there's a blue cover that is only on the collector's edition, and uh, yep, what was so funny is, that. like, I have I have six copies of Windjammers 1 through them. Two on, <laughs> two on okay. Switch, two on uh, PS4, and two on Vita. And what was so funny about that was, like, I was buying multiple collector's editions that had the exact same contents, but just because of the 
piece of paper on the inside was different. It was absolutely mm-hmm. insane. <laughs> the the only so I will say this: I was never tempted to buy a Switch limited run game, mostly because uh, I, there was there was not very many that I was interested in. But they finally have one that I was interested in, which was the Axiom Verge one and two physical edition. Because mm-hmm. I didn't actually realize that Axiom Verge two had launched. <laughs> so oh man, I saw, dude, oh. I, I feel so bad for Tom Hap. Like I don't know what it is. There are some games that just take so long for a sequel to come out, and no one gives a shit about them. Even though, like, like here's two very different examples. Axiom Verge two, pretty well reviewed game. I don't think it's as well like received as the first one, but I think obviously it's hard to kind of compare that. And I even played it myself, so it's not really fair for me to judge. But then compare it to something else that was a super long development game that also limited run release that everyone fucking shat on because no one liked it at all. Like I've seriously never met a single person who likes this. Super Meat Boy Forever. After literally <laughs> almost like thirteen years in development, that game came out and everyone was like, ugh. Like, because like that game, had, that game had such an uphill battle of like it's a take a Super Meat Boy that you know and love, remove mm-hmm. the Edmund McMillan, and make it an auto runner. And they're like, eh, I don't really like auto runners, but I'll give it a try. And then delay it for infinity is what it felt like. And then it just came out and nobody cared. And everyone who did care about it enough to play it was like, yeah, it's pretty skippable. Which is like so sad because Super Meat Boy is like such a pinnacle indie game. Yeah, and the problem that I run into too, Spencer, is because I I almost went the route that you did because I got in early enough that I could have picked up all of the older mm-hmm. limited run games when I got in at it. Because I the first one I bought was Oceanhorn, and then I started going on eBay and trying to buy the old ones. So I started trying to hop in and buy. That's how I got Saturday Morning RPG because it was actually relatively cheap for how early on it came out. It's only four hundred bucks. No, I I think I paid I think I paid thirty five dollars for it shipped on eBay. Will, you would be surprised. A lot of limited runs catalog is pretty cheap, even by today's standards. And what's funny is the rare stuff makes like no sense. So I actually down, I downsized, I downsized a lot of my limited run collection for multiple copies of like, mm-hmm. like even one, like a funny one going back to Shantae. I'm never going to play Shantae on Switch. Why did I buy Pirate's Curse? I already had it on 3DS, which I didn't play, and I have it on PS4. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's look at what Shantae is going for. So Shantae and the Pirate's Curse, at the time, I think it might even mm-hmm. go for more now, I sold the collector's edition, opened, everything was open, nothing was new and sealed about it, 500 bucks. It sold in like three hours. Yeah, no, they go they go so quick. Mm-hmm. Well, right, but so that's you- the funny thing is, like, for the, for the things that are rare like that, but then there are a lot of other ones, especially, like, some of the Vita stuff. Oh, Vita's probably not fair because Vita prices ballooned like crazy. But, like, if you were a PS4 collector and missed out on something, I'd be like, you know what, dude? Like, you're probably good. But, like, I- I'm actually curious for both of you. So, Chris, you found out about Oceanhorn. I'm curious, uh, Will, when did you first hear about Limited Run and, like, what was your reaction to it? Because I feel like anytime so, I ever tell my friends about it, they'd either be like, that's really cool and never buy anything or be like, that's really stupid and still never buy anything. Yeah. So did like, you find out from me? No, honestly, no. So like oh, the, really? the first one I really talked about it, but no, I've, I've been following limited run since the very beginning. And I okay. thought it was like a really interesting thing that I thought was kind of a fad, sort of like the loot boxes that you get in the mail. <laughs> and I was like, this is going to, this is going to fail. No one's going to really want this. <laughs> And man, I clearly don't have my my finger on the uh, <laughs> heartbeat of gamers. But uh, it, no, I don't. I don't remember the first game that I really started following. But as soon as they started publishing Lucas Art stuff, that's what I was really interested in. And I believe they published a couple of the Munches, not Munches, but the um, Oddworld games. Yeah. 
and I love those games. So that, that was also very interesting to me. Uh, Chris knows this. I don't own any yet. <laughs> he doesn't um, own any, but I, I was surprised you didn't pick up Pod Race. Oh, no, because you and I had already bought it digitally, right? I had already bought it digitally. That's right exactly what happens. Pod Every Racer. freaking time I buy something digitally, I, like, I don't like buying both. So, like, the same thing with Pod Racer. I had that. Same thing with um, Knights, not Knights of the Old Republic, but Republic Commando. I had already bought it digitally, like, right before. <laughs> well, that's Revenge. That's the other one. Still, though, there is a steel book for fucking pod racers. Yes. Racers Revenge. <laughs> this should not exist. No, it's beautiful, though. <laughs> oh, man. I love the premise of it, too. It's like, Sebulba lost to Anakin. Now he needs to rebuild his, his empire of pod racing. It's like, why is this a game? So, I, I have to ask you, actually, because I know there's always a lot of Xbox love. And I love bringing up Xbox, even though I have so little Xbox uh, mm-hmm. memories myself. So, Will, I have to ask, as a huge Oddworld fan myself... Did you get into Oddworld on the PlayStation or with Munch? Munch. That's ha- okay. That was the first one I had. Yep. Have you seen the Munch's Odyssey Collector's Edition? Yeah. Uh, you mean in person or online? Yes, I've seen it online. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, because I literally have all my odd. I literally have all the Oddworld games. Right I mean, if you want to show it to me right now, if, you, if you're saying the, you have it. <laughs> I, I, at least, I at least just have to show people, because like it's it has one of the my favorite collector's items of all time, and it mm-hmm. does not have any reason to exist. <laughs> yes, it does. It's Munch's Odyssey. <laughs> I really hope they remake that one, like they're remaking the old uh, Ape games. Hey, I'm just happy I finally got my hands on this. Mm-hmm. All right, so after only dropping a thousand boxes, so we have this <laughs> monstrosity here, and I love it. So if anyone remembers, this can, here we go, mm-hmm. was the original Xbox cover, which is a cover on the Vita version. Mm-hmm. They included... Oh, you're not going to pop out, are you, this time? Are you on the left? Because it likes to get snugged on here. I gave you the big screen, Spencer. Oh, thank you. Even though I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, you, got stuck, you got stuck the other way. There we go. They included an actual <laughs> can. Yes. Oh, yeah, I remember that. For much as I see. There's nothing in there. It's completely worthless. But it's just such a like. But it's cool. That's yeah. that's a great thing to do. And what's funny is actually uh, being a fan of limited run started making me get so picky towards collector's editions. And because mm-hmm. like you, I was buying so many so often that it was so easy for me to look at something that's like, all right, give us twenty bucks, we're gonna give you a poster. Uh, some four by six cards and a slap on the ass. And I was like, I hate this. But so like, it's made me be like way, way, way meaner to the, um, to the crappy ones. But like for when they do like really crazy ones that don't really break the bank, but are interesting, like stuff like that are really, really like, yes. Well, like Metroid dread, the $90 edition that sold out and is being scalped everywhere right now. I did manage to land a copy of that. I was it was going to be a gift for somebody else, but they don't want it. So I, we'll see what You're I do lost. with that. I haven't decided yet. Oh, you better keep uh, that. That's a nice collection. I just got I it. I didn't realize how nice it was until it showed up. Like it's a so, big box PC sized box. Have it's you opened huge. it? Like have you actually I, opened it yet? The top part was unsealed because of the way it was shipped for some reason. So I was able to open it up without opening the book or anything. But I looked at it and I was like, "This is awesome." So, like, I, I was looking through – actually, I wasn't. My wife was looking through the book because she I, – I, she, for whatever reason, she doesn't care about almost anything I ever buy. Uh, but she <laughs> likes opening it. So, like, for whatever reason, she just likes, like, opening stuff I get. And so I saved all my stuff. So she liked opening the Amiibo. Doesn't care about it. She scans it once, never touches it again. But she liked it. <laughs> um, and what was so funny was – so uh, we pulled it out. And actually, here, another thing because I have everything next to me. I just put it on my shelf today. 
the Metroid art book. I thought it was a art book. By the way, he's not kidding. It is beefy. It's the it's this awesome. Is, it's like a hundred and something pages. This is the size of the box. It's the book is the box. So the best part about yeah, it literally. is there is no. Sorry, it is not just Metroid Dread, and because normally it's everything, like, well, right? It's the whole yeah, series, isn't it? It's the whole series in art that like we've never seen this like high res before, from like the NES all the way to like the Game Boy stuff. Yes, like I'm actually considering just keeping it. It's so, so yeah, I was gonna say it's so nice, and like for thirty bucks extra, it, it it's a complete it's a complete like slam dunk. Oh, I I had to get mine secondhand, so I did pay a little more, but not much. Plus the I got I got in I before have, the scalpers the took book. over. Yeah, the steelbooks all right. I just see I have a problem with steelbooks. I hate steelbooks with no slipcover. I, I will totally I, agree. I will only like, agree on that in the sense that Nintendo is dumb and they don't. Well, it's not always. Nintendo does not like to put the spine name on it. Like this, this is a nice steelbook, but without the slipcover, it's got no information. Yeah, for, there we go. Look, this is way nicer than this. I, I, I agree, but it is just one of those weird ones of, like, there are just some times where, like, I don't know what Nintendo is, like, thinking in the weird sense of, like, they sometimes make, like, the prettiest Switch books and then sometimes they make Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> Which, here you go. Oh, my gosh, that's just... Nothing. Cool. This is just all black. That. Oh, no wow, text. Okay. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. And, and they got beautiful cool. artwork inside, of course. Oh yeah. man, that's even you're being too nice. They pick the boringest stage. They have over a hundred. I'm just saying pages. it actually looks nice. It actually looks nice, though. You know what I mean? I, like not right. everything can be the Kingdom Hearts stage they just re- they just announced, which was I'm not gonna lie, like the Kingdom Hearts announcement being like cloud gaming is stupid, but whatever. <laughs> I want to get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast though, so let me get this first question out of the way. Um Limited run games exists in a space because basically AA developers and indie developers had no way to publish their games physically in the postmodern era, which is, you know, PS4 and beyond and uh, Xbox One and beyond, which although although they did try to publish on Xbox One, I remember following that story very closely, but Microsoft could not get the production numbers low enough that limited run games could actually publish on the platform. That is correct. Although I might have just had a fever dream or breaking an embargo, I don't actually know. I think they had just announced their first Xbox game, but I might be wrong. But please continue on. Because yes, <laughs> most people don't know this because it's NDA to all hell. So Nintendo in America, if you want to make a Switch game, you have to make at least five thousand copies, which is actually uh, not the lowest amount you can make in Europe. They can do up to three thousand, which is why there's a lot mm-hmm. of European companies. We'll get to later. Uh, PlayStation 4, 1,500, same with the Vita. And actually, Vita, you could do 1,000, but uh, RIP. And uh, PS5, I actually have not had confirmed to me, but I've been told that you can do really, really small. So I would assume PS5 is the same as PS4. Xbox mm-hmm. is crazy. It's over 10. It was like 50. What well, was it? Wasn't it? I thought it was 50,000 was the minimum. They brought it down lower. I've heard that there are runs that are in like the 10,000s for like certain retailers and stuff, but the okay. lowest run I could find was around 10,000. What's like, the still- reasoning behind that? Because Xbox uh, doesn't—they don't own the rights to Blu-rays. So like, if you want to publish on their platform, they actually, have to set up production. Actually, not true. What's the one? Well, I guess who here actually has an Xbox game, like a physical Xbox game? Near the I've got a bunch. One. I've got a whole bunch. So I think all mine are hiding. But if you look at them on the back, you'll notice there's a certain thing that's not on Nintendo and not on Sony. 
printed in Mexico. They don't own their disc printing and manufacturing. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that. I thought it was something to do with licensing rights, though. Like they have to run a certain minimum run in, nope. in the it's, production facility. It's li- it's literally just the fact that they have to outsource them and they don't own their own factories, which is funny because you think Microsoft is literally a bajillion dollar company, but mm-hmm. Sony owns two factories in the states not even counting whatever they have in Asia and Europe. And Nintendo is Nintendo's really weird. Nintendo is really, really funny. I learned about this, and they're the same with the Wii U. Nintendo prints all of their carts, disc, and whatever medium. They've always done this. They're all printed in Japan. They fly over to where they're going. Yeah. And the company has to make the box, make the art, make the insert, and then seal them all themselves. So when you get <laughs> um so Axiom versions are really That one really was such a pain for them to do. Yeah, they literally got sent like six thousand Wii U discs, discs with no cases. So they had to find six thousand <laughs> Wii U cases and then seal them all themselves. Yeah, I thought that was insane when I, when I finally found out how that all went down. Because Thomas Hap, like that guy's awesome. I really like him. I've, I've been following him on Twitter since we started this podcast. It's Vikings and Verge is like the, in my opinion, the best indie Metroidvania ever made. What's the Hapcast? Um, I would happily have him on, but I don't. We've never. He's never <laughs> seemed interested. So mm-hmm. who knows? Um, the, the story behind this was so interesting, so interesting, um, and I'm happy to have gotten it. And I was sad that there was no manual, but once I found out why there was no manual. And I, I was more forgiving about it. But it basically is just exactly what the Switch copy had, except with a Wii U disc in it. Because <laughs> it's got it's got the making of documentary. It's, I mean, it's got all the cool stuff that the Switch one had. Um, you know, the art book. This, this is a pretty cool, cool art book for being an indie game. The poster, right? And then the thing that the Vita version didn't come with, which is this um, CD, the soundtrack. And the making of, whoops. If I can hold it right, yeah. So it's a cool collector's edition. I'm not gonna, oops, and as I drop it and break it into a million pieces, um, <laughs> I, I'm happy to get these types of games. And Will, I think you should get the Axiom Verge games, by the way. Yeah, you've recommended it several times. I'm just not getting into Castlevania games, so like, I probably will pick it up. You've got till the end of October to buy it on the Switch physically if you want one and two together. And I think it's only $60 on Limited Run's website. So it's a pre-order right now. So like if you want this game, I'm free promotion for Thomas Hap. Go to <laughs> LimitedRunGames.com. That's cool. Like, podcast is. I mean, like, Limited Run is really cool. So how do they make the decision of like what uh, console they actually release on? Because like the Wii U, like, I love the Wii U. I have the Wii U, but not very many people do. So how do they make the decision? Like we're going to release this game physically for this system. Like, what is the market analysis? I might be able to answer that for you, Will, actually, now that I'm thinking about this. Essentially, the, it was always planned to be released on the Wii U. Like, that was that was an idea they had. Um, and then Limited Run Games worked with Badlands, uh, the publishing company, to get that on the Wii U. And then <laughs> over the course of, like, three, four years of trying to get that to happen, uh, they found out that Badland didn't have, like, an actual... There's a lot of issues with Badland. Let's put it that way. I'm not going to get into the legal aspects of it because I don't it's know everything. Whole, it's a whole story. Yeah, there's but a it was whole, a mess. Like, literally, like multi-year story. I actually remember 2016. I think no, it was, it was when it was announced, right? No, no, no. Because uh, tw- I remember the, I learned about this actually before it was official. I knew about it for years for the most happenstance reason possible. I was at Mo GameCon, which is a small convention in Missouri, and. I was talking to Douglas. It was the first time I had seen him in person at a convention. And what was so funny about it was we were talking off the record 
And he was like, yeah, so you want to know a funny story? We actually signed a deal to be so the the plan was they were the exclusive distributor because that year mm-hmm. axiom verge was going to come out at retail on ps4 vita switch and they'd announced wii u but they just didn't say yeah, they specific did. plans so badlands basically came to them being like hey retail fucking hates the wii u will you take the six thousand <laughs> discs off our hands and they were like sure thing uh and over the course of that happening Badlands had pu- failed basically so bad in terms of publishing that their entire north american branch just dipped so they did yeah, a couple it went, things. It went, it went gone, like just overnight. But what's funny is they're all still here uh, in terms of Europe. They're still a big European publisher, and they yeah. still do a lot of games still to this day. But, like, they did Ollie Ollie 1 and 2. They did, um, uh, why am I forgetting, really good shooter. It's only the sequel on PlayStation 4. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Velocity 2X. They did Velocity oh, yeah, 2X yeah. and Axiom Verge. So they had some solid titles, but they just completely tanked at retail. And what was funny about it was, yeah, Douglas told me, he's like, yeah, we're going to be the distributor, but everything's up in the air right now because we're not sure when we're going to do it because Wii U is such a new process for us. And then it was literally like, I think, three years of just legal. They basically tried to sue them for three years and then just gave up because they're all the way halfway across the world in Europe and there's nothing they can really do. And they got to a certain point where they're like, okay, well, we tried every legal means we can. So now we're just going to publicly shame you. And what's really sad about it <laughs> is they publicly, like, they wrote up a whole Medium article or something, and they explained the whole thing about how the company just basically never gave Tom, never gave Tom Happ any of the money that was promised. Because if you bought the game, the game was like, hey, all the proceeds yeah, to this says, are supposed to go to his son. And well, the, the, never, chari- the charity organization associated with his son. I don't think it went directly to his son. It is basically for a trust fund that was going to go right. to him for, like, when, yeah, when he was older. Um, but what was so funny about it is so they got none of that money, and what was uh, the funniest part about it was nobody cared. Like, it's really fucked up, but what's really messed up is Bad Lane is still around. People still buy all their games. They're not shut down as a company. But, but like, I don't know if it's just because it was such a niche kind of thing or so late after Axiom Verge. Like, I think if that was a thing that got, like, happened closer to that game being big, but, like, someone just being like, hey, a bunch of Spanish people screwed a disabled kid out of a trust fund. I'm like, oh, that sucks for them. I can't do anything about it. Yeah, yeah that, that was pretty much how the yeah, public dumb. reacted to it. Um, and that, which was sad because I, I thought the whole like when you read the that that's the even funnier part is when you read the material included in the standard edition sitting on store shelves, it actually talks about how Badland promised to give donations to him despite him never asking for it, mm-hmm. and then come to find out none of that ever happened. I was like, that is such a joke of a company to do that. The, to the, ul- the ultimate fallback was like, well, we planned on giving it to you, but we did also never tell you. So there you go. And we got when we went into bankruptcy. <laughs> oh, Thomas Hap, you have created two, at least one. I haven't played number two yet, but number one, Axiom Verge One, is one of my favorite games on the Vita. That one, um, Shovel Knight, uh, Retro City Rampage. Some of my favorite games are indie titles on the mm-hmm. Vita, and it's because I'm probably mostly because Sony just dropped the ball on the Vita altogether. That's a whole another podcast. We can't get, we can't get into that. Yeah, so mm-hmm. here's what I want to start out with on this thing, since we'll just ask a good question to start the podcast off. Um, if I remember correctly, the story of how Limited Run Games started was they had several games that they wanted to publish physically, could not find any publisher that would do it, so they looked into how to do it themselves, and that's how they published their first game on the Vita. Can I can I be the comic book nerd guy and, and I'm actually you? <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. All right. <laughs> that's I, what I, I remember. Pol- 
I apologize. I'm I have a very disgusting memory for all of their history. So Limited Run is technically a sister studio to a company called Mighty Rabbit. Mighty Games. Rabbit. Mighty Rabbit Games developed was Breach and Clear, and hilariously was like really really popular on iOS. It like super ballooned up. They did a Vita port. I think five people bought it. Uh, they also developed. Oh, there's such a great story, by the way, about how they funded. Uh, Saturday morning RPG. It's involving a Kickstarter and a uh, publishing company who both uh, hilariously blew up. But um, the whole thing with it was they were basically about to go bankrupt because all of their games weren't basically making any money. Mm-hmm. Saturday morning RPG kind of tanked. Breaching Clear did pretty well, but when they tried porting it to other um, consoles, no luck at all. Funnily enough, uh, Chris, there was going to be, and I think there is a completed dev version, but they'll never publish it. There is a Breach and Clear on Wii U. <laughs> they made that port, but they just never published it. Um, so what's really funny is they well, it costs were about... money to keep your game on the store for Nintendo. Like when Nintendo is just so weird about True. that kind of stuff. Um, so but... I, I can't imagine if you're like going bankrupt, you're going to publish on a platform that requires you to pay money <laughs> to stay on their platform. Oh my god, the Wii U era was so great. If just devs would publish games on the console and be like, "Man, Nintendo fucking sucks." Like that was my favorite part. I'll, ne- I'll never forget when Lauren Laney put out uh, New and Tasty on there. He's like, we t- "It took us three years to get this port made. Nintendo wouldn't even pub- wouldn't even promote us. What a bunch of assholes!" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the whole thing with that was basically uh, Mighty Rabbit was just floundering money, and they had enough. Uh, basically, Josh, uh, who was the uh, founder of Mighty Rabbit. Uh, basically came up with the idea of, okay, let's pull out all of our bank loans or whatever. Him and Douglas, I know Josh put out a financial incentive. I don't know if actually Douglas also put anything out. He's also the co-owner of Limited Run, but I I know at least Josh definitely did uh, take out a big loan, and he basically did the minimum for, I'm going to print 15,000 copies of Breach and Clear. And what's actually funny about Breach and Clear getting printed on Vita is Breach and Clear on the Vita store was published by Gun Digital. or No, 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 I'm sorry. The original version was published by Gun on iOS. Then Limited Run wanted to do the console ports, and Gun was like, hey, you guys take the IP and you can do that. But they only own the IP for those ports. Even though they made the game, they only had the right to publish on those consoles. So Gun still holds the rights to Breach and Clear. It's just like a weird rights battle thing. But they were like, hey, whatever, we're not going to make a Vita port. If you guys want to publish it, go for it. So they gave them the okay to print 1,500 copies. And when they printed 1,500 copies, originally there was like very little traction. And then I forget this guy's name. It's like Randy something. He's one of the producers over at Gun Media. He got really, really big with uh, Friday the 13th when Gun published that game. Mm-hmm. So he just posted it one day being like, hey, look, it's a physical Vita game. And it's going to be rare on this company called Limited Run Games. And then it blew up from, well, sorry, blew up from there because it, it, it's definitely there were peaks and valleys for Limited Run with a lot of like the first game sold out. Not a problem. The second game had a lot of hype and then then sold out for sure, but it was like there was such a large gap between releases that it was kind of a like wait and see for a lot of stuff for it because like they would take like I think between the first, second, and third it was like almost like one or two months of a wait. Uh, ironically, actually, what was going to be the second or no the third release was supposed to be Cosmic Star Heroin. Talk about indie classics. That was yeah, supposed. I, to I be- was following that one for a while. I ended up getting it, trying it, and I ended up not liking it as much as I thought I would. So I, I sold it. So, so Cosmic Star Heroin was supposed to be the third, and I think it was like 
the 60th or 80th or something, it ended up being pushed back. Yeah, it was very, like very way back. Um, but what was so funny about it was then, hilariously enough, going back to Will, their third game by just complete dumb luck was New and Tasty. And the original plan was New and Tasty mm-hmm. was going to just be PS4. And they told them, like, hey, because back in the day, Limited Run printed everything before they put it on sale. And the whole thing with it was, okay, we're going to do New and Tasty. It was a big deal. They actually announced it through the Vita Life, uh, the Vita Lounge magazine. It was yep. like a back advert. And they were announcing, because the Vita port for New and Tasty had been development hell forever. And they announced they were going to do 5,000 copies on PS4. And at last minute, they were able to basically beg slash scrounge up enough money, because this was the largest thing they've done before. They mm-hmm. did 2,500 copies on Vita for New and Tasty. So what was so funny about that was then I think Oddworld was really kind of what like bolstered it first because it was like, that's a series a lot of people know. It's not the mm-hmm. biggest series out there, but that gave it a lot of good caveats that just another indie game developed by them definitely mm-hmm. wouldn't have given them. But yeah, that's kind of like the first one I always like to remember of like New and Tasty was when I really started paying attention to this outside of like, I liked the Vita and I liked collecting stuff physically. That's kind of all I needed. Whereas like everything else just kind of kept the momentum going for at least like three years for me. This game that I never thought was actually coming to the Vita ever kept me on their hook for like a solid two years waiting for them to announce it. And then when I figured they weren't going to announce it, like the week after I gave up, they announced it. And I was like, what? It's coming out? I will will never forget when they announced the Vita version for Night Trap, because I, I remember, I think I, like, I called I called my wife at the time, and I was like, oh my god, you know that really bad game that you don't like, Night Trap? They're, they're putting it out on the Vita. And what was funny is, like, actually, Chris, if, if we knew each other at the time, I had been following uh, the developer who made that Tyler Hogel for such a long time, uh, because he'd had a Vita dev kit for, like, two years. Like, he had been trying to get that portal. Those are hard to get. For, uh... For yeah, for the for a while it was, but it was less of a the dev kit was hard to get. It was more of a he's a one man game studio and he's always working on like yeah. Three I did games. know that. Well, he had a he had a port for iOS at one point in time that I don't think I ever saw the light of day. Uh, no, yes, you're correct. It was going to be part of the Kickstarter out, and uh, no, yeah, I, for, I forgot about that because yeah, they released a mobile. Because he, he demoed that first, and mm-hmm. then the, then it, uh, didn't the devs of the original game reach out to him and they. Wanted him to port it to like, actual consoles after that. Yeah, that, yeah. Night Trap has such a funny thing of like the original Kickstarter was such a flop, and then they just kind of doing this last minute was way bigger than the Kickstarter was going to be. And and it was it's crazy that one person was able to pull this off. Like that, that's the thing. Like, nobody realizes how many how little there is in in the dev space for some of these indie titles that did get published by limited run games. Like you buying that game might be supporting one person making those games. I, I will say it is very interesting kind of talking about the landscape that 2015 slash 2016, when they really got started compared to now was like retail was definitely slowing down. We were not getting a ton of retail releases, especially for indie games. Mm-hmm. Whereas like now the state we live in, leave in the state we live in, there's like 15 horse games out physically every week. Like you can buy BB and Tina horse racing on PS five, switch Xbox series X, whatever. Like, Companies are releasing whatever they want all the time. So the problem now, like it used to be, oh my God, no one will publish my game physically. How will it go on? Because the problem digital indie games faced and they still face now is they are released in a just basically swarm of who's going to give a shit about me. Mm -hmm. Like, because there are just so many games coming out all the time that it's so hard to pick up steam and momentum. 
Whereas, what am I trying to think? So whereas like now, retail is your best bet, but because there are so many companies putting out retail stuff, whether you be someone like a Merge or a GS2 and other ones who do retail stuff like that, like a PM Studios, it's just so much harder of like, okay, what can we do to be interesting? Like the last, like honestly, the last time I saw a indie game at retail where people really cared about it was Streets of Rage 4 and this one. Like, Doki Doki Literature Club does not look like a game that would be at Best Buy. But that got published on the PS5 physically. PS5, baby. I know everyone bought the Switch one, but no one. I'm apparently the only one. I had no version. idea that had a PS5 release. It's very clean. And the only reason I know that game exists is because of PewDiePie. Oh, really? See, I'm Did somehow. You know, I'm miraculously spoiler free on that game. I have not been spoiled yet. He, he played through. Like, I remember he was like. I'm playing this literature club game or something like that when he was still on Twitter. And I was like, what on earth is this? So I, I, I logged in and I, I was like, oh, this is just like a dating sim. And so I started skipping ahead because there was lots of interesting reactions in the comment section. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized it wasn't what I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, this is a different game. Mm-hmm. Now the one, the one that I'm sad I didn't get and one of the ones I really wanted was Salt and Sanctuary. That one really went wanted. really fast. That it was, was so fast. That was another, there There were so many times I have of like memories where it's like, like Chris and Will, you guys will not believe like me at my day job in the office of just like, I got, I got an emergency bathroom break or steal a computer. I got to do something <laughs> multiple times because before they did open pre-orders, it was like, Hey, we made 3000 of this game. If you want it, you got to get it now. Well, yeah. And you and, always knew right away what, what that number was going to be. So you mm-hmm. knew your chances were low. Mm-hmm. Think, thankfully the scalpers don't have the tools they have right now, or there would be no chance of us getting these games. Now, Will, if there was a title you were going to get, which one would you have gotten? Oh, there's so many. I've been looking through the freaking website this entire time, and I just, I'm just kicking myself. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> they're cheap. Basically, if you get every, them when they first come out, they're cheap. Yeah, I might pick up the Crisis game. I've always wanted to try it, and I see it's coming out to the Switch. So, Yeah, yeah, Crisis Remastered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have to say, like, if you want an indie game and you don't want to have it digitally, this is the way to get it. Uh, well, I like, see the X and Verge, yep. What's what's so funny and sad at the same time is I think it's so funny. Back in the day, we used to like beg Limited Run to do things. Like, oh my god, Limited Run, please do this, or please do this. Whereas like now, they've become so big kind of going under the website. Of, You're I know, like the mainstream indie publisher. Well, like, no, it's not even that. Like, I don't even think it's that big mainstream. Like, I when I see them publishing some stuff, I legitimately see people in the community go, oh god, I don't want, uh, I don't want them to publish it. Because then it's like one of two things. It's either going to have way too much stuff, like kind of attached to it, like a lot of tchotchkes you don't want. Like here, actually, go. You were just there. Go to the Super Meat Boy Collector's Edition. I just bought that. Why is that? Why is this even? That's going to arrive (laughs) probably in the year twenty thirty, whatever. I had to buy it because it's the last Vita Collector's Edition. This is like such an example for me of a like what a fuck you Collector's Edition that was so not worth the wait. So they made these copies in twenty nineteen. I actually have a copy from twenty nineteen. And they just sold it in July of this year. This is what's in it. It is a meat packaging thing. Like, you like you know how you go to the superstore? There's, like, a, the styrofoam with the plastic, and you poke the holes on the meat? There's that on there. And what's so sad about it was it's that, the game, a poster, which you'll never use, and a fan gamer figure from, like, three years ago. 
The Fangamer figure, by the way, which I think like retailed at around 15 bucks. So you're buying a $30 game, a $15 figure from Fangamer that's sold out and years old, and a poster for almost 80 bucks after shipping. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It, it, by the way, like, what a sad like way to end your Vita line, by the way, with that, of just, like, of us, basically, like, we're doing a hate fuck for the transaction. Like, by the time, like, you're, you're not even going out on a high note. Like, you're going out on a, like, like, wow. Well, pick, I thought Papers, mm-hmm. Please was going to be the last one. I'm not going to lie. I, it, was I thought suppo- it-, it was supposed to. So, the Vita plane had changed so many times on and off the record. The plane for the longest time was release Super Meat Boy first and then Papers, Please, because Papers, Please is a really highly critical game. Like, it's a very, like, well, it's like, Super Meat Boy sold bajillions of copies. Like, Lucas Pope is, like, such a huge deal in the indie scene. Like, Papers, Please. Oh, yeah. And what's interesting about it is people don't probably remember this is that's the only console port. Because what else could you put that on? Like, you could probably do it on the Switch now, but there's no Switch version. Papers, Please is only on PC and Vita. And what's really crazy about it is Lucas Pope actually did a great blog post way back in the day about how that po- how that port took so long. Because Papers, Please has so much text on screen that needs to be legible. And they had to fit that onto a screen that has like a resolution of 500 by, uh, well, it's like 540 by like 480 or something. Yeah, so they had to they had to do a ton of work into that port, so that one sold out. Oh, Hizzy Hay cut Hizzy Hay cut cut low here. Yeah, I was gonna make the same joke, but you can tell. he cut pretty oh, low here. Oh dang, <laughs> sounds like the oh. I still have my Vita. Thank you very much. It's right here, ready to go. I love the Vita. Mine It'll is uh, my, probably... mine is still in my limited run case. My one of two. I almost mm-hmm. bought one of those limited run cases, but I have this really nice grip, and it would never fit in that case. I'm going to be real. It's not the best case. I, I've been looking for a replacement. I just wanted company. it because it was limited run. It, yeah, exactly. Like it, it, it was that thing of like you're buying it like because like you're buying into a brand. And exactly. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm glad that I got out of it for it. But yeah, I mean, like the, the Vita thing has such a weird thing. And actually, to be fair, they're actually not done yet. They have one more Vita game. They're probably going to have to sell it. But it's actually tied to one of their biggest controversies, which is such a stupid controversy. Wasn't um, it? Well, hold on, hold on. before you say what it is, isn't it essentially... If you bought all the games, then yep. you can get access to this one. Yep. It is a oh, full geez. it is a full set bonus. To be fair, I will get it for free. If you bought all 101 games, which I literally I, I'm I'm pretty big in the Vita community, which is saying like I'm big in my swing club of three. But like <laughs> I know one other person with an entire Vita physical uh, collection by limited run. Like one other person on this entire and they printed 2,000 copies of this game. So it's called Revenge of the Bird King. It's Oh my gosh, that's the one? It's Revenge of the Bird King. Unfortunately, it's not Plumber's War Ties. Um, So it's Revenge of the Bird King. I'm actually excited because I actually really like Revenge of the Bird King. I have my Yeah, but isn't that the one that had the Metal Jesus controversy attached to it? Yeah, that's why I hate the controversy behind it because I actually know the guy who made it and the guy who works at Limited Run, his name is Joe. He's a super nice guy. That controversy, the only thing controversial about it is everyone should have been way more transparent and started to be hush-hush about it. Because the thing is, what's really stupid is, uh, and you'll notice this if you're into Limited Run a lot, uh, Josh and Douglas, the ones in charge of the company, I appreciate a lot of what they've done. They might be some of the most thin-skinned individuals. Uh, less so Josh. Josh, I would say, overthinks and worries a lot about what the community says, acting like the majority. So, like, when the full set got announced, everyone was like, what the fuck? I have to buy 101 games for this one game? Thinking it was going to be a big... Like, by the way, guys, 
not everyone likes Revenge of the Bird King. It's that game you've seen on Switch for 99 cents. It's actually been a penny before. It's a very cheap <laughs> game. But, like, I like it because it's like, oh, that's a funny thing that's, like, it's made by, like, there's no other reason this game would deserve or not deserve, like, should get a physical release. But that's a fun full set bonus, like, um, gift item. Like, you wouldn't want to put something like a Super Meat Boy, like, behind a, like, full set requirement. It would be a game mm-hmm. where, like, no one's going to have FOMO. But the other thing about it, what's really funny is... Except Spencer would. Uh, the most FOMO. Oh, man. <laughs> FOMO. I have ever... Like, they did a five-year anniversary gift recently. And I, I saw that. Explicitly left out of that, and I'm still very salty about it. Like, I, I, I could probably pester more people there. Um, but, like, I cannot believe that I did not get, did not get sent the five-year anniversary gift, and I've not figured it out why. But um, what was so funny about it was... Yeah, everyone, there's this whole big thing about, like, oh, I'm going to miss out on Revenge of the Bird King. I really like Revenge of the Bird King. I like Super Gun World. But it's like, that's not something to feel, like, bad about if you don't get it. Mm-hmm. And the best part, remember, this is only going to go to people who have a full set. And then once they've found all 10 of us, they're going to have, <laughs> we're going to have 1,900 copies. So they'll sell them eventually. Mm-hmm. I promise you. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. I've never had full, like after I realized how much money it would be to invest to go back from Oceanhorn back to the start of limited run games. Do, Vita do you guys know how much nicer of an apartment I would be living in if I never bought anything from limited run? Even not even anything. If I stopped at Switch, because I I was a fucking idiot when the Switch came out. This was literally my thought: I'm gonna own every physical Switch game because I thought I loved the Vita. The Switch is basically Nintendo's Vita, even though I definitely like don't play it as much as my Vita. I was like, let's buy a bunch of Switch games. I literally went from March to July until I said, what the fuck am I doing? But even with that, even with that being the case, when I gave up on retail in July of 2017, I kept buying every limited run Switch game for like two and a half years. You mean Vita game or Switch? Switch. I bought every limited run Switch game from. Uh, whenever they started in 2017 or 18 to June of 2020. Sorry. Oh, yeah, because they, they originally were only doing like one or two games per release drop, right? <laughs> yeah, back when Limit. Oh, yeah. Because, well, yeah, I, I don't know when we're going to get to the uh, the airing of grievances, but I have, <laughs> like, there are so many complaints about, like, why I have no FOMO anymore about missing out for Limited Run. Uh, one of them being, like, people you think one game a month was a lot by them. Like, a game in a collector's edition in an album was a lot. And now, every week, there's multiple drops all the time. Yeah, you literally can't, like... Not, well, you... not, even, not even if you could afford it. Like, what a, like, not fun thing to just, like, mm-hmm. keep... Like, who goes to the grocery store every week and, like, oh, all right, it's my time to spend 100 bucks. I can't wait. Like, even though you're going to eat all that food and you'll have, like, its use will be taken out if you're doing everything mm-hmm. right, like... The idea of going to limited run like one to two times a week to drop 100 to 150 bucks at maybe minimum, because there are some days like when they did River City Girls or when they did like Shantae yeah. for the nine million time. Like, bro, I trust me, if they were doing pogs back when I was full setting, I still would have noped out because like as much as I find pogs is a funny meme, I do not need to be like buying $20 pogs. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I pretty much gave up on Limited Run, and I was like, I'm just going to get the entire fan gamer set of PS Vita releases, which is like two. <laughs> There's actually a great story behind that, because um, technically it's actually only Shovel Knight. Um, they did publish Undertale, but there's a funny thing of they actually split publishing between that and the Localizer uh, 8.4. I wanted to ask you, because we are apparently doing uh, Antique Roadshow, 
I feel like you guys would appreciate this. Please tell me I'm not the only CD lover. Who here has a CD collection? I do. Like CD as in music or CD? Music as- CD. Oh, I have a whole bunch of CDs still. And I actually have a stack in my car because I, I brought them in there thinking I could still play them, but I have a new Fusion and there's no CD player. <laughs> oh, okay. So to Chris and Will and everyone else out there, I hope you like this. Let's uh, get my crotch cam here. This, <laughs> this is just limited run CDs. Oh my gosh. Oh my I'm going to even try and lift this. This thing is like a fucking death trap. This he just he drafts it the entire collection. He's oh my god, it. it literally weighs like 50 pounds. That's a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember when they were doing the CDs, and I thought there was a couple. Well, they're still doing like, CDs. That's the Smith the crazy part. They're still doing CDs. And like, no, no, I, I, let me get let me get back to what I was saying though. Like, I, I thought that the CD thing was cool because there were definitely some games where I thought, you know what, I might consider getting this CD. But if I remember correctly, didn't the CDs like it was a separate purchase and it was like $25 or something half the time. So, yeah, they originally used to just sell them on their own of just like you could buy the game with the CD as a CD bundle cuz like with these CDs they may be printed anywhere from 3 to 400. Like these are very limited prints. Actually, what's really funny is this one is not even limited run. This was for Amazon. Amazon had a program where you could basically print on demand CDs. Hence why the back looks very generic. <laughs> so uh, I don't know whoever, yeah, Sean Murray, not from No Man's Sky, but Sean Murray, the composer, did this on Amazon. And what's funny is I posted about having a limited run, complete CD soundtrack. And they were like, do you have Breach and Clear? It's like five bucks on Amazon, but I'll, I'll never forget this. This was so great. The guy was like, hey, I'll just ship it to you. I don't, I don't ever listen to it. If you want it, I'll just ship it to you right now. <laughs> he didn't, didn't want shipping. I'd never talked to him ever before in my life. And he was like, do you want this CD? And I'm like, fuck yeah, do I want this CD? It's at the top of my collection. <laughs> hey, just for fun, how much is uh, a copy of Reaching Clear on the Vita now? Because I remember at one point in time, a unsealed <sighs> copy was going for like two hundred dollars. Oh, definitely not. You can, I mean, like, maybe it changed because the Vita boom. But funnily enough, like, there were years like Breach and Clear is not a game where people want. You want it because it's the first one. Okay, yeah, yeah. But look so, at how expensive it, these things are. But like, also look, everything Vita's gone up. Like, seriously, before mm-hmm. last year, you could buy Breach and Clear for under one fifty, brand new. No. You're totally wrong because I've been I had been trying to buy this for like two years. I, w- I wish you told me. I've literally turned down copies of Breach and Clear because I know none of my friends would want it. I'll keep a lookout for you because every now and then I'll find people selling them. Although I will say this because you you've shown it so many times. I will say I did diss a little Saturday Morning RPG. It has a fantastic soundtrack by Vince DiCola, who did the soundtrack to Rocky Four and Transformers. Now, Will, you would oh, appreciate okay. Saturday like Saturday Morning RPG. Because every '90s kid would appreciate what they did with Saturday morning. Can RPG. I only play it on Saturday mornings? No, but the idea is they took like the, the idea of all like the Saturday morning cartoons from when we were oh, kids, yeah, 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 and made an RPG out of it, where you go like from one TV show. To I the have next to tell you though, Chris, I wasn't allowed to watch cartoons growing up. <laughs> so that's are you, memory I can't are you aware? still a '90s kid? Yeah, are you aware of GI Joe? I'm aware of it. Yes, I've are never watched. Are you aware it. of Transformers? I'm aware of it. Which one, the Michael Bay one or the old one? <laughs> the no, cartoons. The old one. Yeah, like so. If you were even like remotely, like if you've watched Robot Chicken and been like, I get that reference, you'll enjoy Saturday Morning RPG. You know, if there's one thing that makes me sad about limited run games, is when you buy a game at retail price 
And like just for fun, I always check eBay to see if people are scalping it and reselling. You say it. just for fun, and then you'll be sad later. You're like, let's see. And, this then, and then you see, but then you see that the scalpers can't even get their money out of the game that they just bought. It's like they, like when they would resell games, like for example, um, uh, Windjammers. The after Windjammers sold out on limited run game, that's how scalpers putting it up there for like at retail price because they knew they wouldn't break even. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I'll never understand the complaint and criticism about limited run is like, oh man, they're only catering to the the scalpers. Like, dude, scalpers make like nothing off limited run. Um, Very little. Yeah, like in, in the rare cases of even though, like I said, I made five hundred bucks off a of collector's edition I spent eighty on. Like, for the most part, all the games are you'll see people buying a whole bunch of copies. Like, the only way you're gonna make it rich quick by being uh, like getting stuff through limited run is just by being really lucky or just deciding to purge your old collection. Cause a lot of it is like, mm-hmm. if you're going into it to flip them, you're going to be disappointed. If you're someone like me, who is buying them to play, fuck yeah, you're going to enjoy it. Cause you're bidding a whole bunch of games that you'd never get otherwise. Yeah. I do think breaching clear on the Vita is the most expensive one. If I remember correctly, because I was a little bit sad to find out that if I had just waited like two months after night trap came out, I could have got it for less than retail. Oh dude. Yeah. No one cared about night trap. That was a really, really sad part. No, actually, it sold out within a minute. Do me a favor, type in metal slug three Vita. And I can actually tell a really funny story about how uh limited run actually broke the ESRB's law. How'd they, how'd they break ESRB law? So scroll down. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> show me, show me all the covers. I just need to see the covers. So it doesn't look like anyone has it anymore, but there's one um, that was printed without the the T for teen, right? Nope. So oh, ESRB has a strict rule: you cannot have a character pointing a gun at the person purchasing oh. the game. And that cover of Metal Slug Three hmm. is just someone pointing the gun at the person. It's a great <laughs> cover, by the way. Even on the back, they just reuse the art. Um, Here, make him bigger so I can see this, Chris. Oh yeah, hold on. Let me I guess I get. I guess I could do it. Hold on, I'll make him big. <laughs> make me big, daddy. Oh so, yeah, yes. okay. So how's this different from like the first one? I think of is the Halo uh, C cover. Is this because he's tilted down just a little bit? Yeah. So it's all about the instinction. Like honestly, the ESRB is picky unless you make them a lot of money. So Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption Two with John Marston's like, mm-hmm. like that should count. But it's Rockstar, and they're going to sell a million of them. So why does the ESRB care? This is like. Mm-hmm. 2,000 copies, um, why would we care? So they printed this not realizing that they goofed, and they hadn't printed the PS4 version. So they had to do this, and I love this story so much because they basically will never talk about it because they could get fined, but, I mean, it's been so long, who cares? So they had to reprint with this cover, which, and then another Xbox callback, this is the Xbox, original Xbox cover for Metal Slug 3. Hmm. So they had to open up every copy of Metal Slug that they had printed back in mm-hmm. February from Sony in July, they ripped open every one, put in this cover, sealed it again, and they had to ship them out. And the only reason I have that copy is because for, I think, literally two days, someone in the shipping room didn't get the notice, hey, don't ship these out, we're going to get fined if these go out, <laughs> because they were already printed and ready. So I think like somewhere around like 300 got out there. If that, like it's, it's a very tiny amount. Like I remember even I comment, I asked them when copies were going around and they were talking about how the cover had to change. Cause again, they, if they talk about it, they're more likely to get a fine by the ESRB. And I asked them, right. I was like, Hey, can you like 
can you like save me a copy? Like, can you save me a cover? Like I was asking employees, I was like, could you guys hold me one? Cause like I have stuff that they've actually never put out before just from asking. Cause they, they, they have a lot of experiences of like stuff printing. Like actually the thing I posted on the SMTN Twitter, that postcard was printed for mm-hmm. PSX 2017 and they never released it. And postcards was a big thing. If you remember Chris back in the day, yes, I when do. You get, I was sad when they stopped doing that. When you get limited run, you would get with every order, a sticker and a postcard themed to the game. And I have every sticker and postcard they've ever done. And that PSX one they did, they printed a test batch of 50. They didn't like how it looked. And so they just kept it. And back when limited run actually liked me, uh, <laughs> Douglas, uh, Douglas sent me one. Cause you know, I was like, I was a big postcard guy. I was like one of the big collectors and stuff for things. So I have a, I have a f- couple of funny things that like I have that they've never released. Uh, another weird one is these two cards. This is for a game called Ghostblade HD. It's like a shmup. It was actually published by East Asia Soft. It was originally supposed to be published by Limited Run. And then Limited Run found out that there was going to be an Asian printed copy. And they went, fuck that. We're canceling our release. Because their whole thing is that they were like, we are exclusive. Because if yeah, we're not if you're, exclusive, if you're publishing with them, it has to be exclusive. Yeah. So if you're not exclusive, then we then 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 we're going to cancel it. So they found out that East Asia Soft was going to do a publishing there. They canceled. That it was a big. Don't... That was kind of a controversy in like the Vita subreddit. I remember because there there was a lot of people that were angry. They stopped. They decided they weren't going to do that one. Yeah, and and that's actually come up with a couple of other things. They've actually stopped the sale of Asian English games in America before. So if some cases have come up of like, let's say, and this might happen again with um, River City Girls. Limited Run has a very uh, tight-knit relationship with WayForward. They told Asian publishers who primarily market to English uh, sellers like PlayAsia, they said, you cannot sell your copies until the game is out. Yeah, papers, please. That, that like, mm-hmm. translucent papers, please. So what was funny <laughs> is then people started finding out that if you went to Play Asia and you lived in an IP address that was in America, it would just say, you are not allowed to buy this game until it comes out. And then people around the world otherwise couldn't. And we found out eventually it was because Limited Run was telling, basically they were making deals with people being like, hey, well, it's not even deals. It was more of just being like, hey, you can't sell this game. We have the exclusive rights until now. And now you, then mm-hmm. you can sell it. Um, there was something. Oh, okay. Here's something that makes me ultimately sad. Look at this: a limited run games game being sold just the cart. Yeah, I heard. Who buys a limited run game? And like that cart. I I understand seeing a loose GBA cart. I understand seeing a loose DS cart. Like, like I want to report this seller for this is how. By the way, guys, these aren't large cartridges. Because I know five no, was out no, here. No, no. Here it is. Here's Metal Slug, the size of my thumb. For, very, for, very reference, for reference, the size of my thumb as well. <laughs> Massive manly man thumbs are here. <laughs> um, I, I got to say, like, that's it, it just it pains me. Although I will say, Limited Run did a really good job, and this isn't a Limited Run game, but they did a really good job with. Pointing out that hey, we should use this thing that says PlayStation TV compatible <laughs> when games are actually PlayStation TV compatible, and they they're one actually, of the few companies that did that. 
they actually started getting a lot of blowback from because the P. Well, if you think the PS Vita community is small, let me tell you about the PlayStation TV community. I'm <laughs> I belong to both. I'm not even in that community. People always get surprised. They're like, "Why don't you have a Vita TV?" Because like, they're like three hundred dollars to play a Vita game I, on your TV. I've t- I have turned down three PlayStation TVs. I'm like, I don't need this. Like, I don't want to play these on my TV. So like, I have it for streaming. Like, if I ever want to stream a, a Vita game, I can do it with that. So, like, the whole thing with it, though, was they had a lot of blowback to early games not working on the PlayStation TV. They were like, hey, because there were weird situations where they would have a game that worked on PlayStation TV digitally, but not the physical version. Hmm. Because the way you had to code the games for a while, limited run, uh, it, it was just not working out for some aspects. So there were some games where they would have it not work on the physical version only, and people would get really mad about it. And it was just so funny of, like, man... I understand being a vocal PlayStation TV fan, but like that's that's a losing battle. I like when I see the play, like PlayStation TV logo, but like mm-hmm. no one is there's no nostalgia for that. Like in terms of like no one's looking for the PlayStation TV game compatible retail list. <laughs> well, like in terms of like it's not like it, it's not like it's the because like it's still the same system at the end of the day. It's not like it's the Sega CD 32X games. Like that's the, cool. Look, like that's the thing. Of, Spencer, like, you don't sick. understand. You don't understand the the amount of PS TV compatible games list is only small because Sony limited the ability to play games oh, yeah, that, that would that, totally that, be compatible with list. The whole, so seeing the this, the seal of approval means something. <laughs> but so, no, I, yeah, I was actually I was actually curious for you guys. By the way, RIP to back in 1995. I love that game. I cannot believe how expensive that game goes for now. Well, look at this. Somebody's got a sealed version of. Oh no! I'm sorry. This is a pre-order. <laughs> Twelve grand. There's, no, there's just no way I would ever buy that. Watchers. Make it, make it thirty now. We got. got well, you know what? I should just put a watch on there. <laughs> Look at all the watchers. You're gonna, you're gonna get an email in three months saying they dropped it to eleven grand. Yep. <laughs> or so, like a special no, offer where they dropped five bucks off. For, yeah, so, no, no. In order, in order to get an email, I learned this because I sell things on eBay. In order for you to get a notification to anybody watching your product. You have to drop the price by at least ten percent. Oh, okay. So it would have to drop twelve hundred dollars. That helps because back in the day, I would used to get emails being like, "We dropped it fifty cents," and I'd be like, "That's a waste of data. You just wasted data getting that to mm-hmm. me." Well, um, but if, if it was a five dollar game and now it's four fifty, then yeah, then you get the notification. So, so this is the thing I want to ask you guys, and I want to ask Will first because you have the least amount of experience. But I always love asking people who have outside knowledge because I think once you've bought into it, like. Whether you have a hundred plus games like me, or if you have like uh, like ten games like like Chris, mm-hmm. there's a thing of like, well, I've already adapted. Like I'm part of the ecosystem. Like we've collected mm-hmm. a little. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you, well, from your outside perspective, what are your complaints that you've heard about Limited Run? Like, what's the big thing that you ever hear? Honestly, the only people who really talk to me about it are people who already have bought into the ecosystem and they freaking love it. So the only complaints I hear is that maybe they didn't get a copy of a game they wanted or the game that they want published hasn't been published yet. That's really the only complaints I've heard. Chris, what about you? Like, what's the big one that comes up first? Like, the big complaint, like, if you if you had, if it was yours or one you hear? I'm still mad that Catherine didn't get published physically, and I wish Limited could have got it. But, you know, <laughs> Atlas, there's that. But, no, my, my, my big complaint was actually was, was the Oceanhorn drop was something that screwed up. It was the only one that I wanted at the time. I wanted this game so badly. And somehow, like, the notification didn't work. I had never had an experience buying one prior. Oh, and yeah. so I, I like, 
got in it like five minutes out from the drop and it was already gone. And so I had to go on eBay and buy a copy off a scalper for like double the price. Cause he, he didn't realize what he was holding on to was going to be a hundred dollars two months after that. And so I managed to, con- I was like, Hey man, I really wanted this. You beat me to it. He's like, Oh, I always buy three copies and make my money back by selling two. <laughs> I was like, you suck first off, but <laughs> I was like, dude, I will come say, on, just work I will with say, me. E-begging on eBay. I have had a lot of good results in. And if you, if you, <laughs> if you actually, if you message someone on eBay, because that's literally how I got Super Meat Boy and Papers Please a year early, a year and a half early. I messaged them and I was, oh my God. Yeah, I was actually, yeah, Super Meat Boy was a two and a half year wait. Um, I messaged people when I found out copies went out through blind bags. There were 50 mm-hmm. copies of each came out early for two years ago. Mm-hmm. I messaged people and I was like, hey, I am looking for this. If you will sell it to me, I will take whatever price you want. But it was basically being because like the people would basically not know what they had on them, try and have a higher bidding price, and I would stop them before the bidding would get to them. So that way, I only had to pay like maybe I think the I think I paid like eighty for Super Meat Boy, and I think for Papers Please, I actually got pretty lucky on that one. I think I got Papers Please for like fifty. So I still played over standard, but I got it so much early. And Wait, you got Papers price. Please for fifty after it already come out? No, no, no. I got Papers, Please for 50 before it came out. A oh, year did, and a half it, didn't it go into a blind box on yep. accident? One of my most painful videos on my channel of me spending $500 on the maximum amount of blind boxes for those two games, and I never got either. And the best part, I cut myself while opening that. So I end the video looking like I'm about to cry, and I'm just bleeding out of my hand from a cardboard cut. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that video kept getting views. Like, it's got, like, something like almost, like, 4,000 views or something. And I'm like, you know what? That's okay. I deserve this. Like, the only the only saving grace of that was that told me and so many other people never do LRG blind boxes if you want something. Like, do, do it if you don't care and you don't own anything and you don't have any FOMO, but, like, their blind boxes, like, got so bad. Like, people were, like, memeing it last year of, like, that crappy Jumanji game that no one liked they were putting in their blind boxes. So mm-hmm. imagine, like, you buy a limited run game just to find this thing that's on, cl- like, target clearance for 10 bucks for the Jumanji game. Hey, uh, just for the record, we covered this right in the beginning of this podcast. So after this is over, go back and watch the beginning I don't think like I don't really want to cover this again, but just think about I, it this way: Xbox's minimum runs are a lot larger than Sony's. I do Nintendo's. have an update. I, I was correct about they had not said anything yet. Oh, so the funny thing about it is, it's not official yet. But I've heard, ironically, actually not through people who work at Limited Run, but through Xbox people, is that Limited Run is in discussions with Xbox in their first Xbox game is going to also be on PS4. Does anyone have a guess about what it's going to be? Ooh. Um, what is a Night's big... Republic? What is a big Xbox? A Night's Republic will probably cool be through THQ Nordic, so that doesn't count. Mm, that's true. Um, yeah. So it will be a Xbox game dev exclusive. Like, Xbox owns this developer, but it's also on PS4. It just came out this it's year. It's got to be Bethesda, then. Nope. No? Nope. I'm also on PS4. Battletoads? too. Oh, Psychonauts, oh, Psychonauts okay. 2. Psychonauts 2 doesn't have a retail. They have to already print copies. Somebody somebody guessed. Yep, the chat the chat is behind the live video. <laughs> he guessed it before you said it. Even better, yeah. 10 points to Jag. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, so they already have a huge relationship with Double Fine because they printed um, Broken Age. Um, yeah. 
bunch of other stuff. They did the original Psychonauts, the PS2 version on PS4, and they owe Kickstarter backers from Psychonauts 2 physical PS4 copies. And so at that point, why not, if you already have to go through the hoops of printing copies, why not work with Limited Run? Who Mm -hmm. like Because, like, let's be real, Psychonauts 2 is a great game. That's not a retail game. That's not something you're going to put at retail and going to get a lot of traction. That'd be perfect for limited run, and I think Xbox knows that. There's a couple of Halo games that never got physical prints. Um, well, Spartan, like that, yeah, Spartan Assault the and uh, what was the other one, Will? Spartan Strike. Spartan so, Strike. I would, I'm going to get this Psychonauts too. This is exciting. Um, I would not get Spartan Strike, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, they, if they put, both, if they put Spartan Strike and... and um, oh. Nope. No, 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 okay. no, no. Kristen will hear me out. Hear me out. The two top-down games, and they do a home console physical exclusive port of the arcade game with four players. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. They put. They got Fire Team Raven put out. I would buy that. Yeah. Fire Team Raven is actually legit fun. It is. Um, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's short. It's like a, maybe a half hour to an hour tops. Uh, but it was fun. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That I was just thinking about this though. I think Microsoft owes us a, a specific game print in about three months from now. We need MCC complete on the disc where you don't have to oh. download anything. I the, want I, content I, complete MCC. I was just thinking about that because I, I, they're still printing copies of Master I know. Chief Collection. And what's funny is like that game, like what if you took in a, a launch disc – and, and tried to play it? No. it? no, 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 no. If you installed it, how big is that download? Because, like, remember, what's the big thing they did with Master Chief Collection? I don't know. Maybe they, I can look it up right now. I mean, well, they've bad. added multiple games to it after it that's not That's not even the thing. The craziest thing is they ported it to Unreal. They changed it, and they made all of them run in Unreal 4. Master Chief Collection was whatever engine they were using custom before. Are you serious? Are you sure? They made it an Unreal game. So it's an Unreal Engine 4 launcher. Unreal Engine? I mean, they definitely use it for the minis and stuff. Yep. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that the games, sense. the games codes are obviously still the same, but it's like how you know, like how you had me so confused for a second. Well, like there. so, yeah, they didn't like remake them in Unreal, but the whole thing is like you know how you can make a PS2 emulator in yeah. Unity. It's just like that, but with Unreal. Huh. I did not know that, and I, I've known a lot about the MCC. I didn't know that. No, they so actually like, I, removed I would, a lot of the original uh, file menu systems from Halo. I would, I would love a like actually complete Master Chief Collection because my dream is. Hopefully, I can either find the Xbox Halo uh, Series X. I actually would really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. But I, wanna, I lost I, it. I, I missed that by like five seconds. It keeps going back in stock, so I, I'm a little optimistic for it. Um, but also, like, we live in smaller town states. I feel like if we just camp outside of any retail store, we'll get lucky. <laughs> um, but you know, like, but so like, like, Will and I are sitting out in like a tent outside GameStop. <laughs> So like my, so like my whole thing is like I will want nothing more than like I would love to just sit down and just co-op well with the exception of five and infinite uh, co-op campaign all the games because I've never you, played you haven't played game. most of them have you I've only played multiplayer I've never touched a second okay. of campaign oh my gosh you're missing out oh my yeah. gosh we need we need to do a co-op <laughs> Halo three with you then. I, we I have to say, start with the first one, man. What are you doing? I had so no, but the, much. But Halo had, one and two are two player only. You can't do four player co op on those. Ones. Oh, okay. So I, I have to three say, is I had, four player co op. 
I had so much. Uh, I had so much like hmm. happy points uh, or like happy. I'm ninety percent sure. Let me double check because I remember no, when Installation Zero and I yeah, were talking. I guess I've never tried doing it with more than two people. It blows my mind that I just now remember, realized no, that. You're, you're correct, because I remember there was the big deal with four, because there were four characters you could play as. Like, obviously, with one and two, it was just, like, your two chiefs or your two or, or the Arby. Arbiter. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, because the Arbiter and Chief weren't together at all until Halo 3. And that's why you could play Arby and the Chief in Halo 3. That's right. Oh, my God. I've not heard the term Arby and Chief in so long. <laughs> So so yeah, like I, I, I'm ex- I'm excited I'm excited to do that, but that's super super off topic. But yes, Xbox. But, but this this Xbox brings me to what coming. my point was though. My point was, limited run had a rule, and I think they broke it once or twice. But only games or games that released through limited run had to be content complete. <laughs> oh, they've broken that a lot. They've exactly. broken that I, rule but, so much. Well, this one this one comes to mind specifically. Yeah, that, but that, one that legit that's like, was. It's a special that was legit, case. Just, it's really not because going back to even just Cosmic Star Heroin, Cosmic Star Heroin. After all of the delays, they didn't pet, they didn't put the day one patch on the Vita version, and the day one patch was larger than the game. So like the day one patch for the physical was eight hundred megs, and it's like at that point you could have just literally downloaded it and saved space because the whole point with the Vita was you want to save space. So you get and the car. There, that's one one of the funny things is they have so many titles of where they either said they couldn't do it or they couldn't have the patch on the card because there mm-hmm. was all this technical uh, work that had to go into it. And then hilariously, yeah, you have to get it re-signed by Sony. And then what's really really funny is East Asia Soft proved them wrong a bajillion times. So when uh, Limited Run, okay, this is a just sad. Games, this is just sad. That's true. Do you know about that? I did not know that. That's sad. Oh my god. Okay, so so I'll tell that one really quick because it actually ties into who it is. So, um, the devs for Scott Pilgrim are uh, they basically split up. They were like Ubisoft Shanghai, and now they're at like uh, Tribute Games. So, Scott Pilgrim on current gen, the it's I think it's literally called Scott Pilgrim versus the World Complete Edition. You cannot play as Knives Chow without an internet connection. Knives Chow is only playable if you sign up with a Uplay account. Oh, God. Which is fine. It's free. It's a one-time check-in, but literally you are holding a one out of, like, seven characters hostage. And also, Knives Chow, undoubtedly best girl. <laughs> like, but at the same time, the other thing that bothered me was, like, and I, I like content complete. That's the whole point of getting a physical copy. You want content mm-hmm. complete. Right, so like, let's just say I boot up my Xbox One ten years from now, and for some reason the Xbox One no longer has any connection to the internet at all. I can't download the updates. Right, I want to gain this content complete. Well, these two are completely anti- you know they're the antithesis of each other. Undertale zero updates, Shovel Knight. This is like the game pre all the extra modes added to it. It's so like this game is not content complete, but this one is. It's like that. I, that's so hard to judge which I one. I give which. I give Shovel Knight a pass because I actually kind of like that it's like a a, a portrait in time. It's a it content is. complete version up to that point. I actually think it might have Specter Knight on the cart because um, no, sorry, not Specter Knight, uh, Plague Knight because that DLC for Hollow Knight, for Hollow Knight, the DLC for Shovel Knight took years to come out, like literally forever. So I have it, no issue with the way Shovel Knight handled it because they were upfront about it. You no, 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 exactly. You bought it. What's funny is actually we tried, the Vita community actually almost got them to republish a complete edition. Uh, we were trying to get them to work with East Asia Soft, 
because uh, how cool would it have been to have a complete uh, treasure chest? Like, a, what's it called? The treasure trove. Uh, yeah, show my treasure trove. Yeah, where it's everything on the card. Which, which Xbox so cool. finally got a physical copy because there was a there was a controversy surrounding that when when they published the Vita version, they tried to publish on Xbox and they ran into the issue. Do you remember, the do you remember all had. the consoles they published on for Shovel Knight retail? Uh, Wii U, PS4, PS Vita, uh, DS, 3DS, uh, 3, 3DS. I'm sorry, 3DS and. Uh, was that it? Like it all? That was it. And then eventually, <laughs> Xbox and um, Switch got the Treasure yeah. Trove. Ironically, the PS4 version of Treasure Trove never came out. It's just been indefinitely delayed. <laughs> I did not know that. That's and hilarious. the reason behind that was basically because Shovel Knight was kind of stuck on clearance for a while because they ported so many console versions at once. Like right. it's a great physical release. It's got a beefy manual, like everything. But oh, I like, love hey, the I love the one on Vita. It's like it's one of the best manuals on the entire Vita collection. I have Shovel Knight's the only one I will like, even though I have like every physical copy uh, except Xbox and Switch. Like Shovel Knight's manual has so much like TLC in it. Like I'll never. I'll, I'll never get rid of it. But no, I, I want to say actually a good segue, even though I know I need to actually say it. So from the makers of Scott Pilgrim and actually kind of related to Metal Slug, this is a game called Mercenary Kings. So Limited Run did Mercenary Kings on PS4 and they were going to do the Vita version. For some godforsaken reason, Mercenary Kings on Vita launched with a game-breaking bug and they patched it, but Limited Run didn't want to took the time to resubmit the game. Oh yeah, because it's such a pain to go through Sony's certification process. Exactly. So what happened was is they dropped it because then it's either we launch a game that's broken and needs to be patched to work, even though they've done it before, and then so they just dropped it. So then what they did was East Asia Soft picked it up. There wasn't an Asian published version of it, so their version's complete on the cart. And the best part, if you ever want to have like FOMO for like why am I not more into East Asia Soft stuff? This is like easy fix. This is the default one. There's no collector's edition. Everyone is this. It is a nice, <clears> thick premium box. Everyone is individually numbered for what copy you have. <clears throat> Comes with a full CD soundtrack. Everything has an instruction manual. Nothing awesome. does not have an instruction manual. And uh, a certificate. All that wow. for okay. 35 bucks. I must say this, though. <clears throat> As far as like a company I trust to produce or or at least have in store good Vita releases was definitely Fangamer. Like I thought Fangamer mm-hmm. did some of the absolute best physical editions of games. Like just the standard Undertale comes with an art book that has like the story of Undertale prior, you know, prior to the beginning of the game essentially. It's got this really nice art book. It's got this really cool like lenticular card right here. Mm-hmm. And then it, of course it came with, you know, you know what I'm talking about, this. The Toby Fox. <laughs> so so the, the, the funny thing actually is uh, they actually made a collector's edition for a limited run. They designed the Spelunky one. So oh, okay. fan, fan Gamer made that actually. And that's that one actually was in stock forever. Spelunky was such a huge one of like, man, I'm so glad they were able to get that. Um, but no, I, going back to 9,000 years ago, the question I'd asked you guys, the one I'm surprised no one has said so far, and this comes up in my Discord all the time, Mm-hmm. The biggest complaint. It, it literally it got so bad. I, do, I, I you have to just give up on it. Oh, like the delay of how long it takes to get the game. You ordering a game to getting it is comically long. Like every it time is. you think there's a game that has taken the longest amount of time, like Celeste was a joke for. Actually, so there are multiple levels. Originally, ironically, going back to Fan Gamer, they made a tie for Octodad. Octodad yeah. had a tie that got delayed like six months. And the joke was like, where's my tie? Where's my tie? I want my tie. I can't remember which one took me the longest to get, but it might have been Windjammers. 
Windjammers actually didn't take that long, uh, at least for the Vita one, in terms of everything for it, but the funny thing with it was also <laughs> Celeste took over a year, because they basically, this is what happened, they announced the physical version of Celeste, mm-hmm. and then the next day the devs were like, we're, we're releasing an epilogue! Oh. And they're like, well, no. fuck. <laughs> like, because now they either release the not complete version of the game, yep. or have to wait for it to be finished in development, which took another nine plus months, and then actually print it all. So they waited. They were like, we're going to have the final version. Don't worry, guys. And then mm-hmm. literally within like two weeks of getting your physical, which, like, let's see, went on sale like to maybe January of 2019. Uh, the physical version of Celeste, I think I got after uh, one year and three months. So it was really. Is that worse time. than Skullgirls? Oh, Skullgirls was another one that was bad, but Skullgirls was a very specific one of there was a lot of resubmitting issues with the Vita version and with uh, the PS4 version. Because what was interesting about Skullgirls was it was including all the DLC, but what was special about it was Skullgirls was... trying to think of how to phrase this. Included stuff the Japanese version had exclusive previously. So it actually had stuff that it never had before with it. Of like It had the Japanese voiceover cast. It had everything with it before. Stuff that hadn't even been in the base game. So they were adding a lot to that one of like, Skullgirls I never thought was like that drastically bad of a delay. Mm -hmm. Um, There there were just some that like took really, really long. And then even now with like Scott Pilgrim. Like Scott Pilgrim, people are now getting their normal copies of the game (laughs) after 10 months. (laughs) Yeah, like I, I pre-ordered Axiom version one and two, and I, I fully expect to get that sometime next year and forget I even bought it. <laughs> no, like yeah, that's like the whole thing. Is like unfortunately the way their production timeline has just gone now, and like I get why they do this because remember, like we said before, they used to take out loans, they used to put up all the money up front themselves, and then they dole it out. Now they don't even. There's like limited run right now. Even though I know some might sound contentious, is like they're a no risk company. They put up yeah. a JPEG for sale. They sell this JPEG for two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, mm-hmm. and then for nine out of ten times, then they order it once pre-orders are closed. So that means once that six-week period is done, then they order everything. Once everything's yep. ordered, they take the slowest boat from China to America. Almost <laughs> like very little things are actually made in America. Like I mean, like I get it. Like you're trying to keep costs low. Like I'm not like saying mm-hmm. it has to be made in America, but like there have been so many times where like a like a item that you've been waiting for for a long time comes out, and you're like, like I think seriously, the only thing Limited Run makes in America, and I might be wrong with this, is the boxes. The boxes they get made are made at the same print house where Pokemon and Magic the Gathering cards are made, and that's it. Like, it's a nice, like, they make some nice boxes. They also make some pretty flimsy, cheap boxes, too. Like, not every release is of equal quality. So the release timing just kept getting longer and longer and longer. And there'd be so many times of, like, I'm getting three months of games at once. That, okay, that, to- there's a complaint that I have now, Spencer. Now, you, now you've brought up one that I did yep. have. Um, at one point in time, they wouldn't tell you this was happening unless you like requested, like, hey, why isn't my copy? And the other people got it. Sometimes they would bundle together and wait for another game to come out at the same time, like two months later, and then send you all of your games at once. Yeah, but you would also have to still pay separate shipping for everyone. Exactly. So, like, like, unless you request, like, I want each game as it comes out, like, Limited would just hold your games Mm -hmm. until you had a couple ready to go, and they'd ship you like three. I have a weird question I want for you guys, and then I think we can move on to other publishers so we're not here, like, all day. I want you, I'm going to tell you a story, and I want you to tell me if I was being, like, this is literally a just, am I the asshole? And everyone in chat yes. probably knows well. 
Yes, you are. So, <laughs> assuming I can get this off without it falling and crushing my head. Oh, God, it opened up. That's bad. Okay, there we go. R slash AITA. Here we are. All right, everybody. So, they did, oh, my gosh, maybe 2019. Uh, no, this would have been 2019 because I still bought, like, multiple copies of it. So, they did Luminous Remastered. I love Luminous. Huge rhythm game fan, huge puzzle fan. Love everyone behind that team. Love Luminous and big no, hold on. there was there was a limited run version of Luminous. Luminous remastered. The only way to get it physically was through them on PS4 mm. and Switch. Huh. Uh, or if you go, to I have it on the Vita. Yep, I have the because the, the, they did produce a retail version that I got at GameStop for the. It was like so five dollars. That's, that's Electronic Symphony. That's the right, last right. new one. This was the remastered version of the original on PSP. Oh, okay, okay. So Luminous One Remastered came out, and they had a great collector's edition. It is this huge box. It's actually a music <laughs> box. It looks like the cube, and if you press this button here on the side... That's awesome. Oh my gosh. It plays the song from it, even though it's not the most nostalgic song from it. It's got a bunch of tchotchkes. It's actually got... Uh, I think it has a signature from the series creator, and here we go. Yeah, Certificate of Authenticity. Actually signed... By Mizuguchi, the director. Wow. That's awesome. All signed. It's a really nice set. Took fucking forever to get here. But that's nothing new with Limited Run. I'm fine waiting. My whole thing is just, hey, make sure we get it along with everyone at the same time. Then I'm not going to complain. So my problem was this. Influencers were getting copies before people who bought it. Influencers were getting shipped this multi-hundred dollar collector's edition that had already sold out. That people couldn't buy, that sold out very quickly, and people were getting them first for having a lot of oh Twitter gosh. followers and not actually getting. Uh, so basically, this thing that you like, it's like, what's the point of giving an influencer something that no one can buy? Like, what FOMO does a influencer getting something from Limited Run? Like, so like when Limited Run will ship a like porn star a bundle of games. Oh, what, good is that, what good is that doing for your brand? Which, by the way, that's happened. Hey, send free games to whoever you want. But I'm like, dude, if this guy's railing chicks and getting free games, I'm going to be more <laughs> jealous of the chicks than the free games, I promise. <laughs> he, I feel really bad for you. He said that they have 27 unfulfilled orders right now. Oh, dude, literally, at my all-time high, I think I was at like 30. Like I, wow. I, it's it's been insane. Actually, because we were talking about this, of like talking about like bad like service for it. Like going back to shipping, I'm lucky I live in America. International shipping costs for some of these. Like, so I have a lot of European friends that were Vita collectors. Mm-hmm. Getting a single like getting that like papers please or getting that ocean horn. Sometimes the shipping would cost more than the game itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. I remember seeing some of the ridiculous shipping, and that was because of uh, uh, the costs. Of, um, was it what's that called when you ship to another country? I can't think of what it's called. Um, uh, taxes and duties. Duties. Yeah, but there's another word too. I think specifically in the UK, it's like an import export fee thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. Yeah, but I, I can't think of what it's called. But it's ridiculous how much money people would be paying. No, limited was, uh, Run Games never did make a 3DS game, did they? Did it actually come out? They did. They actually have put out the last uh, Demi Crow. They put out the last retail one. Although there is going to be more coming out now. What, is, what, did, what did it end up being? The Atui I remember collection. they were hinting it. It was the Atui collection. So it was Mutant Muds oh, One, Mutant yeah, Muds yeah. Two, Xeno Drifter, uh, 
birdie banjo kazooie puzzle 2d thing and bomb monkey which like i actually really like a 2d game so i thought that was great but yeah they put that out i think the limited run for ds stuff was like almost like six or eight thousand because ds is really really high as well and uh that was in stock i think for three months and that's like 20 that was 2020 of last year all right so Limited Run Games is clearly, like, the main player in the space of, like, like everybody knows who Limited Run Games are, if you know anything about physical games collecting. Mm-hmm. But Pete brings up a good point. There's a lot of other publishers now doing this similarly to what they did. And there's even an independent dev, one of my favorite independent devs, V-Blank, that actually does his own thing. And V-Blank is awesome. Registry Rampage and Shakedown Hawaii... <laughs> are some of my favorite, favorite publishers or games on from V-Blank, or from any publisher on the Vita, mm-hmm. I should say. He's only, he's only done two so far. Chris, I need to ask you, Do you ha- is that the original Retro City Rampage or is that the reprint? You better believe it's the original. I, You know I had to buy both, though. Yes, you I know, know you had to buy both. The, co- the cover I, variants. I skipped buying both in order to get this instead. The collector's edition? Oh yeah, yeah, the Wii U one. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, yeah. The, when when um, what's his name? That Brian, sold out so fast. Brian, uh, printing those Wii U, like the last Wii U and Wii games, I thought was just such a fitting final thing to do. I love this cover, and I love that he gives you two covers because you get the slip cover, even though it's not a steel book, and you get this. Mm-hmm. He cool. he's probably, in my opinion, the coolest independent dev publisher combo I've ever seen. I don't think there's very many of him. I am such a huge Retro City Rampage fan, actually. Originally, that was that was in that era of, like, if you had a mildly successful indie game and, like, journos talked about it, like, it was going to be huge. And Retro City Rampage was such a funny one of, like, I remember it. I first heard about it because it was at every PAX for, like, four years. And the funny thing about it was, this goes back to it at the time. I hope, like, you guys remember this. It had the entire staff of Destructoid in the game. Like, you could have, like, their faces. Which, obviously, it's, like, a pixel. So, like, it's more of just an inside joke thing. But it was just one of those mm-hmm. funny things of, like, I was such a huge Destructoid fan. And I thought it was doing so many cool things. And, uh, no, yeah, I, I know that game's definitely not remembered, like, the most. And then that, like, highly for it. But what was funny is, I actually, I went back and got all of the trophies and played it to completion for... Uh, let's see. Retro City Rampage, I beat right before Shakedown Hawaii. And, uh, yeah, it was one of those funny things of, like, these aren't remembered the best, but, like, as someone who really likes those, like, indie, especially because, like, there's not a lot of games to like those old classic GTA 1 and 2 games. Like, they're just really, really solid. And also, I personally think Shakedown Hawaii has gorgeous pixel art. I think it's a really good look. Shakedown Hawaii is one of the prettiest modern pixel art games I have ever seen. Literally ever seen. There is one problem, though, with uh, Shakedown Hawaii. And he did fix it with the PS5 version. Uh, for whatever reason, Brian shipped that game without a Platinum. For no reason. Oh, hmm. I will say this. This is actually a really cool story about Shakedown Hawaii on the Vita. The Vita version has actually a early beta build on the cart. So the build of the game that was submitted to Sony was submitted in December of 2018. Physical production ended in February of 2019. And that yeah, because he got those printed before that. And that game wasn't finished when it was printed. 
it's content complete. But there's mm-hmm. like, di- like if you don't update that game and you put it into a Vita, it's like you have the beta build of the game. And there's actually a lot of cool differences people don't really check out with it. So like I actually like that thing of like it's not that large of a download to get it to be the most up-to-date no, it's complete. like megabytes because it's pixel it's- art. Exactly, but it's cool to have like that original beta build just kind of there exclusively on the physical copy. And just to, just cool. to you know, give respect where respect is due, look how many platforms he published Retro Shitty Rampage on. PS4, PS3, PS Vita, PSP, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, Nintendo 3DS, Windows, everything. At Mac, Linux, MS-DOS, iOS, Android, and apparently Google Play and Android are different for some reason. Different app stores. Oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, the Marketplace and the Google Play Store. And then even when he released his second game, which is even more impressive, and uh, like it's a great game in its own right, we got on Steam, Epic Game Store, hey, he got both, that's cool, Nintendo Switch, Nintendo 3DS, Wii, Wii U, although the Wii physical copy is only available in Europe, unless you mod your Wii U and you can play it that way, or mod your Wii and play it that way. Wii U, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, and the PS Vita, the the real the real place to play for that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, is I'll say this. Right? I know. I know. I was talking about Tom Hap. I bet you, if you shot Brian an email, I cannot imagine he's that busy. Of like Brian, I I, I remember is like very very good at like at least getting better. Like he's. I think the last time I tried messaging him, he was faster to respond to a Facebook Messenger post on the page of V Blank than like his own email. <laughs> hmm. He like I, I I have mad respect for this guy, like his, what he has put out for and, two and, games. And, and important to remember, he's the first one that did this of his first that first online physical limited print only kind of thing in this current generation of the PlayStation Four version of Retro City Rampage. It was exclusive to Fan Gamer, and I think they made like two thousand copies. Yeah, and not only that, um, the, somebody else brought up a good point here. He doesn't publish on Xbox for, I, I think if I remember correctly, it was a really good reason because he kind of got screwed over by the Xbox Arcade Edition he put together. Well, if you remember, there was that rule back, and do you guys remember the thing with you couldn't be an indie dev and publish on XBLA without a publisher? So there yeah. was ID at Xbox, and there was uh, mm-hmm. Xbox Indie Arcades, but you had like that's why stuff like Guacamelee and stuff was like published by Atari or Warner Brothers. Like Braid had to be published by like a weird third party. Like I was, I, I'm thinking, I think Retro City Rampage actually was published by either Atari or maybe Sierra at the time. So like it was one of those things of like the publishing deal was so dumb. And Xbox, the way they work is if you another like unwritten rule people I'm talking about. If you're multi-platform and you're on Xbox, if you don't launch on Xbox, they won't let you release later. Yeah. And I remember he, he made he made like this much money publishing on Xbox. Oh yeah, like th- th- this is not like a Xbox kind of marketplace thing for it. And it's like, and to be fair, he made it backwards compatible. So like Retro City Rampage will still work on your Xbox Series X. And it's a cheap game. It will. I highly recommend you try it out. It's like top mm-hmm. down pixel art GP. Well, I remember when this came out, you were super pumped for it. I remember you buying I, this. this is, I beat this game in like three days. I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. And the ending was a trip. I was not expecting the the way he did the ending for this game, but it was hilarious and awesome. There was some Back to the Future elements in it. Well, you would love it. Yes. Um, but he, this guy has got the the right kind of humor, in my opinion, to that I just enjoy. So, um, if you guys haven't ever checked out V Blank Entertainment, 
I saw on Twitter the other day that V Bank was trending, and I thought it said V Blank. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, is he publishing a new game?" And I was like so excited, and then I realized, "Oh, it's V Bank, not V Blank." <laughs> and I even posted that on Twitter. I was like, "Ah, oh, I was so excited for a second, and realized that that wasn't what it was." All right, do we want to get into another publisher? I can't say enough good things about V Blank. If I just sit here and talk about V Blank, it's going to be V Blank for the rest of this podcast. So um, definitely check them out. Yacht Club was cool. I was super happy they did this. We already talked about this as the fan uh, fan gamer post. It's really hard to find that they even published this because they've removed it from the fan gamer website altogether. Yep. Uh, so I had to go find old posts on it. What's another one you want to bring up? I I really want to just at least I can't say enough good things about East Asia Soft, but it's just so funny oh, yeah. because East Asia Soft kills it with their Vita stuff. Like literally. Even though Vita manufacturing ended in the entire world last February, they're still doing two new Vita games every month. And what's so funny about it is, like, they publish stuff on PS5, Switch, um, and PS4. God bless them. I know no one who cares about any of their Vita, like, anything besides their Vita stuff. Like, they have some (laughs) stuff, like, they, they release some great games. They do a lot of digital publishing as well, but, like, their limited editions they do. So, oh, yeah, all the stuff here under games, this is their digital stuff. The limited editions at the top, that's oh, going okay. to be that's going to be the breakdown of everything physically. This is don't you have to order them through, you don't you usually have to order these through, uh... PlayAsia. PlayAsia. I was going to say, usually PlayAsia, right? Yeah, they're all exclusively through PlayAsia. I want to ask you guys this. So the top games, let me actually say this, one, two, three, four, like at least 10 games this year have been physical exclusive. How do you guys feel about this? Like These are games that the only way to play them is if you bought this one of a thousand copy game. And I and I think that's like so interesting was- of like... I was going to bring that up. It's, it, it's weird, but at the but at the very least, it's it's one of those ones. Of like, it's not hard for someone to dump a ROM, and also like at the end of the day, like they're not going to make any money doing a digital version. Like, you're going to make <laughs> right. all of your money right here doing this physical version because if it was up there digitally, maybe ten, twenty, a hundred people buy it, but like mm-hmm. you're not going to make most of your money that way. Yep. When this game launched, and I actually got my physical copy. The digital version had not come out for like months after this physical version came out. So I got nervous that when this came out, it was going to be a physical only and the dev was going to like, I I knew the dev was like a one man team, but I was worried he was going to abandon it because there was only like a thousand copies in the wild or whatever it was. Well, remember there was a rumor that they wouldn't let it release until it was fixed. And then it yeah. released digitally. It was still broken for like six more months. <laughs> yeah, like you and I are like one of the few people I know that have ever realized how, like, just how it released. Yeah, I, I'm literally like I, I got on their nerves at limited run <laughs> because they, they thought I was harassing them. Of like, you, you keep bringing up this game. You keep bringing up this game. Like, we can't do anything about it. I'm like, I'm literally just asking you to let me beat it. <laughs> like, it wasn't like, yeah, was there, was like, like there was like a glitch. You couldn't beat the game. Yeah, it literally it ended at the last trap in Night Trap. So it would just loop continuously and you could never beat the game. Ironically, no, because I'm apparently because oh, you think that's frustrating. I'm literally like I'm the only playtester in the world who's put this many hours in the night trap. It's still unplatinable. There are certain unlocks for at least three trophies that don't work, and you cannot uh platinum the game. And I spent like so many countless hours like going because like the game would still crash. It still has a bunch of technical troubles even after the first batch and it was one of those things of like where the dev wants to fix it but it's like why should i put 
time to fix this as a priority when I'm trying to make a new game come out to make money. So mm-hmm. it's like, it, that was one of those things of like, if you were even remotely interested in it, I sat down with the guy for like three hours. Uh, the, it's the interview. It's an interview on my channel with Tyler, Tyler Hogel. He's such a great dude. And that, that interview, he's so candid about everything. And what's so great is like, he still wants to do it. There's nothing stopping him from patching it. So like, mm-hmm. and actually what's really funny is uh, Chris, you'll get a kick out of this. He still is going, he's planning on actually going back and patching the PS4 version of Night Trap. Like he wants to go back and actually, cause he found more bonus material and extras. Wow. Okay. So he wants to go in and patch in more of the bonus features in that game. Just cause he's like, I have all these, I have all of these features and I have all these unseen things that people have never seen as part of development and no one will see them. Like they're not going to like release a night trap, like desktop book. <laughs> yeah, that, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, and the whole, when you look at what happened behind night trap and the production company that created this game, they also created another one. I, I can't remember what the game is called, but it, they limited run did a release of that too. They just didn't port it to the Vita. Um, and, it was basically a movie studio that had gotten into game production yeah, by pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they went defunct really quickly after Sega CD kind of flopped. Um, what's, what's actually funny is digital pictures actually didn't go defunct after Sega CD flopped. Digital pictures lasted until the early 2000s. What's really crazy about that? Let me rephrase that. They had their, the hype, the climax of the hype Hunt, for that company was, it, it was Sega CD. It was Night Trap, the ESRB scandal, everything else it was down it was downhill get, for years once you're in like the supreme court and the esrb gets created and everybody sees that game plastered everywhere for this esrb issue you hit the height of people knowing what you are and who you are mm-hmm. there was no bigger way to get advertising than oh nintendo won't let us publish this on their platform because of what content they showed at the Supreme Court hearing. Nintendo's like, this will never be on our platform. And then, of course, as soon as Limited (laughs) Run's producing it, it goes to the Switch. So it's like, oh, Nintendo, you went back on your word. Yeah, I will say the the best advertising I've ever seen Limited Run do is they did a trailer that actually I think Nintendo had posted and they asked them to take it down, but you might be able to find it. It's that quote of Howard Lincoln in the Supreme Court saying, you will never see this game on a Nintendo platform. And then it's just, Night Trap, coming to Switch. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, what's really funny about that is it, it's less like Nintendo has changed, and the only reason that that is even on Switch is because Nintendo will allow anything on Switch. <laughs> is this the video? This might be it. Let me see. I think they might have captured it. Yeah, oh, yep, yep, this there is, it is it right here. There you go. Oh, I love this. I I remember seeing this in the advertising, and I was like, "This is amazing." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So, man, Night Trap. What a what a good one for. Him. But no, actually, sorry. Going back to like other publishers for it. So, like, I I feel bad that no one seems to care about any of East Asia Soft's other platforms and whatnot. But I think in terms of what they're doing and being the last physical. Um, publisher for Vita out there, they are doing like the exact opposite of like talking about like how Limited Run went out on such a wet fart with the Super Meat Boy. Um, <laughs> they're like, grabbing they are, everything like, that's great and trying to publish it. And, well, and that's the best part. And they're not only just doing that, like they're putting games out that like these would never be made if it wasn't for this like release. So um, <laughs> Indigo 7 is actually really cool. And that's basically just Scott Pilgrim as a puzzle game. It is like a guy who is uh, is a kind of shitty boyfriend trying to get a girlfriend over the summer. Uh, War Theater, I actually just platinumed, is basically a game of the year edition of a previous game that's just like Advance Wars. Think like oh, Gothic. I love that. 
think gothic horror. Yeah, if you check out the trailer for it, uh, it's got a really great art style. Uh, it's basically a gothic horror advance wars, and this is the game of the year, all of the DLC, all of the campaign editions that originally launched as a free-to-play title on PS4 and Switch. But I forgot this... we're live on the podcast. I was just going to go buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so actually, if you like that, um, this game is actually free-to-play on like everything, so you can at least like, oh, check yeah. it out and, and uh, check it out that way. Yeah, the, the team that makes it is called Ar- Arcade Distillery. They don't have the best reputation for stuff because they definitely are on a tight budget, but the other game they just released with it, I just got it as well. It's called Skull Pirates. I backed that as a Kickstarter game. Oh my gosh, maybe three or four years ago at this point. And what's so funny about that is that is only available on this platform. Every other Mm -hmm. version is still in development, but because they had to finish the Vita version first, this is another cool kind of history of like, Hey, this is a game that's done and out before it's actually done. Uh, another really, really cool one, and this one I'm sure is going to go for a ton of money. If you go back uh, to whatever they released in December, they released this game called Unmetal. Are you guys Metal Gear Solid fans at all? Uh, uh, yes. Sorry. Kind I, of. I was looking at the, the uh, title. It's been a long game. time since I've played. Oh, here it is. So Unmetal. Unmetal released first on Vita, not on PC, not on PlayStation. It's actually just now about to come out. I think it's like almost out on all, all of their platforms. It released physically exclusive and first here. Unmetal is actually a top-down, basically kind of like, think if you made a Princess Bride type game in the engine of Metal Gear 1. It's a really, really great game. It's really smart, really great writing, lots of voice acting. It's like one of my favorite Vita games I've played. I'm a huge Metal Gear fan in general, but this is just like, it's a great Metal Gear-like game with a really good, witty sense of humor and fun story. And they do really great stuff. Like, and the reason I say Princess Bride is they'll do stuff like, and I came out of the sewer and I saw a bunch of rats. Well, actually, there's more like 300 rats. And they'll show like 300 rats there. And they'll be like, no, there's not. And then they'll take them all away for it. So like, they, they, <laughs> they, do, they do fun little cool like storytelling stuff like that. And I, I, mm-hmm. I get like I get it. I get it'd be easier if it was digital and everyone could play it, but I think like you're dealing with such small numbers of people who are already going to be playing and buying this anyway that it's like you mm-hmm. might as well just cater to the way that's going to make devs have the most copies possible. Yeah. yeah, like this right here is definitely oh, so this one's sold out already. Wow. Okay. So you remember how limited run stuff was starting to go really really fast, but all their competitors would never sell out that fast. Yeah. That's now Play Asia with the Vita. Play Asia would always have really small print runs. Like their largest run, I think, was like Severed, which had like four thousand copies. Uh, really, really good game by Drinkbox. But now, because we all know, because the Vita market just just kind of ballooned and stuff. Mm-hmm. The funny thing about it is, every time Play Asia now does a game, I think the last like year, basically, once we found out the PlayStation Store was getting shut down, all of these games sell out in like less than three minutes. So if you miss the first one or two minutes, mm-hmm. you're gone. Like you have no hmm. chance. Well, I'm going to be paying attention more to, yeah, I've, I've been out of the Vita for a little while just because I got all the games I wanted and then like forgot that they were still publishing stuff in Asia. Um, so like for me, it's been like, I have got, I've got the collection I want, but now I'm, I'm seeing all these releases that I didn't realize existed and limited run games is no longer doing it. So I've been finding games that I want that are uh, physically released and buying them secondhand on eBay. So that's what I've been doing. But um, well, now what we need is a limited run console where they actually just start making the uh, Vita again. <laughs> they actually were toying around with that idea. I, I bet you 
Because actually, this was one of the things I never got to with Limited Run that I was curious about what you guys think. Because one of the funny things is, talking about Limited Runs, even though they've grown in such a large amount, they are kind of, like, unsustainable in my eyes. Like, I don't okay. think they can keep this pace forever. And they've expanded to having so many employees, and they're paying them all very, very well. But, like, they're at such a pace that, like, I think that the Limited game market is going to have a really hard crash and burn of okay. like hey not only do people not want all of these games we're just not going to buy any of them or you're going to have stuff that like you have so few copies it's going to blow up in your face and you're either going to have to cancel a run or you're going to have to compromise the product like did you guys remember what happened with sheer and the wanderer on pc no no so uh, chris if you want to try and go to youtube and pull this up uh, type in limited run Sheeran the Wanderer PC. It was advertised as a $80 collector's edition. So Sheeran the Wanderer is a really, really popular um, top-down mystery dungeon-like game. So Sheeran the Wanderer, it released originally as a Vita exclusive. It's Sheeran the Wanderer 5, technically. Then on Switch, and then they I did a PC Shiren. version. S-H-I-R-E-N. I-R-E-N. Oh, did you get my text? Sheer and the, I thought you were saying sheer and the wonder. So my wife was crawling on the floor. I thought she was sneaking in for me, but it was not. It's for the blanket. So, um, <laughs> so they sold this eighty-five dollar collector's edition, which uh, you can just kind of skip to the middle. The whole point of it was what is limited runs motto right now: physical forever. And the yep. whole point of this PC version was it was going to come with a disc version of Sheer and the Wonder. Doesn't it come with a flash drive instead? Worse. A Steam code. Oh, yeah, that's right. It came with a Steam code because guess what? Only 80 people ordered one. Oh, Only 80 people wanted this thing. And this is like a big game. This is like a nostalgic thing for it. This $80 collector's edition, less than 100 people wanted. And so instead of notifying them, because guess what? Limited Run is releasing 9,000 games at a time every week. They let a lot of stuff slip through the cracks. Thank you for the water, my sneaky sneak. <laughs> Look at the description. <laughs> oh, what does it say? Yeah, nice. Yep. <laughs> I can't I can't uh, see it at all on my end. What does it say? This is the worst effing collector's edition I ever laid eyes on. <laughs> oh, that and I'm jumping is, my cue video edits just to show you how terrible this is. Holy F did LRG mess up and didn't do anything until I and friends were disappointed on Twitter. No, literally, yeah, they literally didn't do anything until people started getting their copies. And the worst part about it was then they were like that exact same day they were joking about fans being entitled and asking for too much of them. Like, it was the, it was the worst in terms of optics, because like I said before about them being like very, very thin skinned and stuff like they take any criticism as like, well, you're just being a big like man baby and you hate all of our products and like you shouldn't like do this anyway. And like obviously there are some people who are probably too harsh about it, but they they definitely like take a lot of stuff for granted and they make a lot of mistakes and things like slip through the cracks. Like what's really funny is like my wife is one of the harshest limited run critics I've ever known out there. And what's funny about it is like she doesn't buy a single one of the she's vicariously complaining through you like i'll mm-hmm. get something and i'll be like oh you know this is okay and she's been like no this is bad this was packed by someone who threw a half used tissue in an oversized amazon container 
I'll tell you what, I, when I buy stuff on eBay, like there is such a qualitative difference between the people shipping the items. Like, mm-hmm. for example, this showed up in the thinnest bubble wrap ever. And I'm like, this is a steel book. They break in shipping. <laughs> you can't you can't ship a steel book with the thinnest packing ever. Like you just can't do that. And then for another thing, Spencer, do you know how I got my uh, Persona 2 Eternal Punishment? Do you know what that showed up in? I hope a bubble mailer. A paper-thin envelope. Yeah, there we go. Manila? Destroyed. The whole case was done when it showed up Mm. in the house. I had to find a reseller that was selling PlayStation 1 uh, fat cases and buy I'll 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 at least say this. Like, jewel cases... Those can those can die. Like if those die, like we can replace. Like my thing is, I'm not a case snob until the art's hurt. If the if the cover art is fucked, then I'm gonna like. That's what I was concerned down. about because yep. when I open up the package and just plastic is falling out, I was like, is the disc even okay? Because <laughs> it, it came with the the bonus disc too. I was like, man. Oh, you know? dude, I got I got to show you this. Talking about fat cases, and this is actually limited run related. This is insane. I love this one, though. This is, like, the best thing Limited Run has ever put out. This is uh, The House in Fata Morgana. It's uh, one of my favorite visual novels of all time. This is a fat jewel case with six discs. Oh I didn't gosh. even know they made them that could fit this. So check this monstrosity out. So we've got, and every time I open it, I feel like I'm going to bring it. One, two. So here's the first one. Oh, no, actually, sorry. This is the cover. Here's one. Flip. Two on the back, three. Open the other side. Oh my god! Oh, Four, so it's like double what the Age of Empires five, two discs that was. Six, and this one I always feel like is gonna break right here. <laughs> hey, I just Firefly fans love Firefly. What are we I've talking? Only, there's a there's a movie of that, right? I think I've seen the movie. Serenity. Yep, I haven't seen this. Spencer, yet. this thing right here. I tried giving it to my sister years ago because she's a huge Firefly fan and she never took it. Wow. Why not? I don't know. You want it? Who? Cool. Hold on. So it's, um, is it, uh, oh, it would the, be, um, Mal and, uh, and, okay. and Jane. Jane and Mal. Wow. Who made that? Uh, it came with some, like, weird geek fuel. I was going to say, thing. it looks like something that would come in, like, a loot crate. Yeah. It, it was something my brother in law thought it would be cool to get me. And I, I, Never watched the show, so mm-hmm. I I would love that, but I also know I would never use that, so I definitely cannot like that. Would be like something I would take and then be like, oh god, I'm never, I'm not actually going to use this. I like I feel bad. If you mind, actually, can we go back in time three hours and can we highlight Pi Studios' question, which kind of relates to another studio, but I can kind of explain something. So, why is Snake Pass so expensive? So Snake Pass was published by Super Rare Games, who one of the most infamous companies that like limited run really really dogged on because they were trying to be the first ones out with a switch game because the switch was the new yeah, that's right and to be fair say what you will about super rare games i actually don't own any of theirs there's none that have actually won it but they've done a lot of really good stuff they do a good job with selling internationally which no, i mean hey, I, everyone done. i know who's bought from them have said all their stuff is really really good they do a lot of beautiful steelbooks but what's so funny about them is like because their name is just such a ripoff of limited run. <laughs> like what's so funny is like Josh and Douglas were like, look at these phonies. Like, might as well call themselves like not limited. 
rare people founders. Like it was one of those things of like it was a meet like literally on their forums back when mm-hmm. Limited Run had forums. Like they were actively shit talking like competitors. So like like when that was one of the reasons they shut down some of the forums. When of how much when Limited Run had editors on the forums, they would sometimes just straight up tell you, "Hey, don't buy from these people." Like I'll never forget. I like one of the reasons I stopped talking regularly to Douglas was because I bought a copy of River City Girls from Play Asia because I knew they would ship it before Limited Run did. <laughs> and the best part was I still ordered a copy from Limited Run. You know, I remember that being a controversy on the Vita subreddit. People were like, order my copy from Play Asia, got it already. And then everybody's like, what? And like yeah. they actually were flooding the tweet, the Twitter of, of Josh and Doug. And they were like, why are these people from ordering from Play Asia getting it before us? Literally, the funniest thing was, yeah, Play Asia. I'll never forget this. I got it from Malaysia. No, sorry. Uh, Play Asia ships from Hong Kong. I got it from Hong Kong to the Midwest in America in two days. That's amazing. Wow. I didn't even know they had this. I would have bought this. I didn't realize they they released this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they do They do a lot of really, really good, good releases and stuff. So one of the reasons why Snake Pass is so rare, a lot of super rare stuff is because super rare doesn't have the name uh, prestige that like limited run has because basically everyone thinks of limited run and then everyone else is just like a knockoff company which honestly yeah. that's not really fair they're all just doing the same thing because guess what limited run wasn't even the first people to do limited run type companies so the whole thing about it was like there will be a like let's say out of every 50 games three of them are big i know snake pass is one that people harp on a lot is being really expensive another one that's really expensive if you want to pull up ebay is look up how much a switch copy of lovers in a dangerous space time costs one second i give you the really heady long ones but yeah so like these random games that have like maybe three thousand or four thousand copies will just sell out six is months past switch? switch lovers in a dangerous space time Lovers in a Dangerous Switch. I was going to say, hopefully go. no porn shows up. No, no, no. But yeah, this is just a game that they hmm. sold for like 30 bucks on their website. And now 300 bucks. What's funny is like, I always just think Ovita is going to be like the, nothing will eclipse the Vita and pricing for these limited release things. And then the Switch happens. I, I will say this. I think in the long run, Vita will still retain more expensiveness for indie stuff. I think in terms of first party titles, obviously Nintendo is going to have an edge on that. Um... Oh, yeah, you know, I right. almost bought a copy for myself when they did this, mm-hmm. and then I didn't because I got a copy for my uh, brother-in-law, and now I'm still kicking myself for not buying myself also <laughs> a copy. I, I, I bought it. I bought a Switch copy, and that was another one I sold. Of like, I I I, ma- I mostly just wanted to support the developer uh, for that one, but it was like, I'm Corn never, Fox and Bros. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm never, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna play that. Ocean Horn Two is great. Will has it. He hasn't played it yet. Uh, not yet. Uh, do you have the Apple Arcade one, or are you playing it on Switch? He's got it on Switch. I bought I bought it for him for his birthday last year, mm-hmm. you know, thinking he might actually play it. Since like that is one I cannot so believe. I am so behind in my games, Chris. You can't get mad about that. <laughs> no, no, you have a lot. I know you have a lot about a lot of options. That's why I'm saying Metroid Dread. When you ask the question like Mass Effect, this or Metroid, I was like, dude, the other two games you listed here are like hundred plus hour games. You'll never. Oh, dude, yeah, Me- Metroid is like a, a smooth ten hour run. That's probably a good. I probably need more of those games. I unfortunately went through a RPG phase, which has really created a massive backlog for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> you like Kingdoms of Amalur so much, which honestly, that's one of the most hilarious. We oh, wait, should wait, do a Kingdoms Will, of Amalur. Did cast. you get into? 
original Kingdom of Amalur or the Re-Reckoning release? I have both. both. I have mul- I have bought it for the Switch, the Xbox One, and I have the 360. How, I, I know I'm the king of going on three-hour tirades and tangents. Mm-hmm. How insane is it that next year they're releasing a DLC expansion for fucking Kingdom of Zvon. I know. it's. A, I was so excited. But the thing is, like, the game's already so freaking long. <laughs> but I'm pumped. I'm super pumped. Mm. That's yeah, why I, I bought two, I bought two copies Island, specifically because right? I want them to keep uh, making more of that. I want more DLC and I want a second one. T- THQ Nordic is, like, secretly such a hilariously awesome publisher that people don't talk about. Like, the fact, like, like let's sit on the fact that like, they not only remastered Saints Row 3... They also put it on Series X and PS5 for no reason. That game did not need a next-to-next-gen port, but I'm so glad that there is a PS5 version of fucking Saints Row 3 with the mm-hmm. dildo bat. And then, like, even other little things of, like, uh, things I'm so glad I skipped on for limited run. I skipped on, um, uh, what was it, Republic Commando. I skipped mm-hmm. on Pod Racer 1. I skipped on Jedi Knight and Jedi Knight 2. All coming this fall, literally next month, THQ is releasing them in double packs for 30 oh. bucks. Oh, you can man. Get Jedi Knight 1 and 2 on one disc or one cart if you want it on the Switch. Or, uh, and obviously, like, I played Pod Racer 1 back in the day, but I never played the PC version. I only played the really, uh, what was it? I played the arcade version, actually. I mm. only have experienced the Pod Racer on arcade. And I never played Republic Commando, but I know I would love it. And it was so envious of it because that was another Xbox original exclusive. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was happening. I'm very excited right now. That got like <laughs> weirdly stealth announced, but yeah, it's coming out next month. It's going to be like a thirty dollar holiday budget title one. I'm I'm so in for both of those. It's like mm-hmm. like also what a great combo, and then what a weird combo. Jedi Knight one and two for thirty bucks, a total steal. Like mm-hmm. cannot recommend enough. Pod Racer and Republic Commando, no, like no, no thing at all. And I, I will say, I was at least smart enough to know that I knew they would never do uh, what was it? I have Racer's Revenge physically from Limited Run and Bounty Hunter because those mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. were uh, made; those were actually paid by Sony. Sony paid Disney to let them publish those physically, uh, digitally, and really? when those were yeah. So that was back when. Force Awakens was coming out. This was also around Disney Infinity Time, so I got a lot of memory of there. So Disney and Sony made a deal together. That was the same year. Remember, Force Awakens, the, the same year, actually a month before, was the remake, well, not the remake, the new Battlefront. Mm-hmm. Star Wars Battlefront came in a month before Force Awakens, and Sony had a deal. There was a bundle, two bundles, two Star Wars bundles. Battlefront on PS4, and it came with the PS4 with the Darth Vader and everything. Oh, mm-hmm. great controller, by the way. I don't know. Oh, I got it right here. Perfect. I love this controller so much because it's so stupid. It says Star Wars on the touchscreen, on the touchpad, just mm-hmm. looped for no reason. And do you guys know what this controller is based off of? Um, it's got Darth, red and blue. It's Darth Vader's like buckle piece with the red and blue button. oh that's yeah why okay that's why it's all red <laughs> and the one blue but it's the most nerdy controller ever i'll like never forget that so like the only way to get that controller was either randomly at walmart you could buy them on their own and through this bundle so there was two bundles one with battlefront made sense triple a game big deal and the other with disney infinity 3.0 another walmart exclusive 
it was like cool, whatever Star Wars mania. Like seriously, like I, I, it's been so many years now. I think we forget how literally huge Star Wars was for Force Awakens. It was mm-hmm. insanely big how hyped it was. But each one of those bundles had a special deal. Do you remember what they came with on both bundles? There was a voucher code digitally. No, no, don't remember. This was insane. Uh, so I might get I might get one of them wrong or so. So it had this Super Star Wars. The the uh, digital eclipse remaster. It was on Vita and PS4. Really, they paid digital eclipse to remake a modern version, and it's still you can still download it on Vita and PS4. Super Star Wars from the Super Nintendo, hmm. uh, Bounty Hunter, Racers Revenge, and uh, Jedi Starfighter. I'm looking this up right now on my Vita because I'm like flabbergasted I didn't know this. Super Star Wars with trophies in HD is on PlayStation 4 <laughs> and Vita. <laughs> like what? what the f- <laughs> I have Super Star Wars sitting in a cabinet right there with my Super NES. Oh, let me tell you by the way, if you kids out there haven't played Super Star Wars, that game is literally ball crushingly hard. It's right. Oh, it's rough. Well, have you played it? I don't know. Yes, I have played it, but not for a long time. <laughs> I get easily I've never frustrated. Beaten, in games. I've never beaten it. The Star. Oh yeah, there's the Star Wars Mega Bundle. What comes in there? Star Wars Battlefront Two. Oh yeah, because they had the PSP version. I have that on my shelf. Too. No, so so that's actually a different bundle. Uh, yeah, it is. That was it is different. Digital. You're right. I see that now. Uh, let's see here. Star Wars. Star Wars. There's a lot of Star Wars here, but I don't see the Super Star Wars yet. I cannot imagine that would be delisted. That'd be oh there it is Super Star Wars. Ten bucks was it still ten bucks? Yes, sir. That's crazy. <laughs> Thirty-seven megabytes of glory. Oh man, that's that's amazing. Um, so I, I think there's one last thing I want to talk about, and then we're gonna wrap this thing up because uh, we are past the two hour mark. Horrifyingly long. I'm sorry. Every- no, no, no. <laughs> two hours is usually. No, this has what been like very informative for me. This is great. <laughs> I miss the era when Nintendo and other companies would actually produce their own limited runs of stuff. And I'm happy that limited run and other companies like limited run have brought that back to light where you can still get physical copies of things that shouldn't exist. Like the full Metroid prime trilogy. That was like $40 when it's launched. Like <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles. The only reason Xenoblade Chronicles happened that was, was GameStop. GameStop exclusive. And then yeah. never forget GameStop sold it new for 50 and then would open up copies yep. and sell it used for 60. <laughs> I can that, confirm I've talked to GameStop employees that actually did that. That's the most like h- hilariously GameStop like GameStop story ever. So, I want to I want to end this on a high note though. Okay. So, what release today would you want to see a limited run of from a previous gen that oh, hasn't already geez. happened? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to put one out there that I hope all three of us won't because I, I swear I talk about Xbox more with you guys than I ever do in my entire existence. <laughs> okay. Where is a modern port of Jade Empire? I was just talking oh, about this. Oh, that would be a good Where one. Where is Jade Empire, dude? It's. I think it's coming. And I'll <laughs> tell you put, why. You can't put that out there. You can't <laughs> put that no, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. So. The company that has been porting Jade Empire and the Asper. KOTOR games is a, it's not Asper, it's Aspire. I found this out the hard way. Oh, Aspire. no, you're right. You're the right. Y is like, is like the Y with the symbol over it, so it's like an I sound, Aspire. Anyways, they have secured rights to several Bioware IPs behind the scenes, and they're working with Disney on some things. But I think Jade Empire, they have exclusive rights to republish the game. I, and I, I think Jade they Empire are working. is still no. owned by Microsoft, though. 
Jay, well, so but Aspire has has the ability to publish Kotor, which was a a Microsoft exclusive well, Disney Star or LucasArts Star Wars. Yeah, game. that was a, that was more Lucasfilm than Xbox. I will, by the way, um, that's another one I've never touched. I cannot wait to play Kotor one. I've never played Kotor. It's coming to PS Five. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, not the remake. Because I mean, they're they're doing the original coming to PS Four, Switch, and Xbox. The original is already on Xbox. And it's already on. True. Sorry. Um, the original. The original is coming on. Uh, well, sorry. The original. The iOS port. The iOS port is coming to Switch and PS4 next right. month. And Aspire did those. And actually, I've played both of those versions. They're really good. Um, but Jade Empire, I do believe that since Aspire has the republishing rights, that maybe the next franchise they do a remaster or remake. Of. I really hope that's actually a great, that's a great suggestion. Well, I would say remaster because I don't think jade empire deserves a remake but i think it deserves more accessibility well that is the one franchise when you go back into like dev interviews with bioware that is the one franchise that they always wanted to go back to and make more of because it was one of their own original ips that they invented from the ground up and they never got to Mm -hmm. and a lot of old bioware uh people are now at aspire which is why the KOTOR games work so well at the ports, because they had Bioware people to keep the game at the quality it should be. Um, although Aspire has not made that many of their own original games, believe it or not. No, they, they, they are like such, they're such a port house. It's like literally the game they last released before announcing the KOTOR remake was the direct port of Stubbs the Zombie. They made that Xbox. game. Yeah. They made the original. Yeah, they made the original. Um, with uh, the one of the original founders of Bungie, Alex Tropian. Never forget, up. never forget. Was it on the front or the back of Stubbs the Zombie? Says for the people, who, for the well, not for, it wasn't from the people who made Halo. It was in the engine that brought you Halo. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what? Well, I just want to bring up that that's space. running on the Switch now, so that we could totally have Halo uh, the, the MCC. Oh, by the way, I have to put that out there for all you physical collectors out there. Uh, GameStop next month, or even maybe this month, I'll have to double check when you guys are talking. Is doing the is the gets the physical exclu uh, gets the physical exclusive rights to Stubbs the Zombie, the physical. Oh, really? On PS4 and Switch, and like I know they won't do it, but I would love it if on the back it still says from the engine that brought you Halo. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Will? What game do you want to see? Jade Empire is good. I was gonna make a joke one, but. I'll go. I'll still go with it. Uh, no, Jade Empire would be great. I would really like a physical release for Kotar, but also um, Andromeda. How funny would that be? <laughs> well, like a new version of Andromeda yeah, for the uh, next gen consoles. Yeah, imported to next gen. So a serious, serious one now. So uh, I realize it was a PC game, but it would be cool to one port it, but two also get this re-release and have like the. I don't know, like a full box set of Zoo Tycoon, the original Zoo Tycoon. I think that would be really cool. Not the Xbox One. No, no, forget about that trash. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, the Stubbs of Zombie, you sent me that link, uh, Spencer. I didn't think it was going to be an Xbox, but yeah, it's 20 bucks coming out uh, the 26th. So look out, look out, Guardians of the Galaxy. Those $20 Stubbs the Zombies copies are going places. (laughs) Yeah, you can get it right now. Or pre-order. Uh, so I, I have a weird one. I actually would have said this. I promise I'm not just saying this to be like a like retro hipster person. I would have loved to see ActRaiser come back. And I cannot believe that ActRaiser is back. Uh, I've still not played it because I'm 
like, I know it's a little expensive, but I keep thinking to myself, Square Enix has to release these physically, even though they're very bad at releasing their digital stuff physically, which is crazy because Square Enix publishes like so many millions and millions of games. But I will say this, this is a weird one for me and really, really uh, obscure. It actually goes back to our what, callback from earlier. Explicitly this version. I want a HD remaster. They don't really have to touch the graphics. If they wanted to, they could. The GBA version explicitly of Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. They remade it on PS2 in a 3D sense. It's the one with the cards. But you like the pixel art. I love... Well, not only the pixel art, it's actually the, the 2D aspect of it. I liked the 2D sprite. I, I actually think they could even Streets of Rage for it, where they like make it the hand-drawn art for everything. That'd be horrifyingly expensive. But just because... like. Do you remember playing like those Disney licensed games in the '90s? And half yeah. of the fun of it was like looking at those Virgin or Capcom uh, Disney games and be like, "Man, these look so good." Yeah, it's there's like, the that... Magical Quest starring Mick- Mickey on mm-hmm. the Super Nintendo. I love that version. Mm-hmm. That, 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 I think it's way better than the one that came out on Sega. I've never even played the Sega one. Well, um, you ne- you never played the Disney's Magical Castle on Genesis? No, I played. I played the the exclusively the ma- uh, magical quest starring Mickey. This is a weird one because I think it's delisted. It might not be, but it's stuck on PS3 and 360. Yeah, Sega I know actually that. Sega remade it yep. for that era. But the best part was if you bought it, it came with the original. They yep. imported it at the same time as the remake, which I thought was like such a baller move. Like no, yeah, there's really no cool. like imagine if like when when Cap like was it no imagine when Nintendo made Samus Returns. They're like, hey, every copy of Samus Returns comes with the Game Boy original, which is really funny that I say that would never happen when that's literally Metroid Zero Mission. You beat Metroid well, Me- Zero Metroid Mission, you Prime. get the original Metroid Prime too. Um, the original Metroid Prime, if you had Fusion and you beat Fusion and you linked the Game Boy cable to, which I just did the other day, by the way. You could play original Metroid in the bonus menu of Metroid hmm. Prime on your GameCube. Hmm. There's actually three ways to play it on the GameCube, but that's the only way to play it with a GameCube disc in. Yep. Uh, the other two ways is by plugging in Game Boy Advance cards into the Game Boy Player. But, okay, I'm going to give you my my thought process here. here. Chris. I want them to go back to the Game Boy Advance and gra- grab Lord of the Rings The Third Age. Because everybody remembers the 3D version of Lord of the Rings of Third Age. Mm-hmm. Nobody remembers this weird one-off version of the Third Age Advance. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you guys what this is because it's so different from every other version. Game Boy Advance one is essentially. Chris, are you a are you a Lord of the Rings fan? I am. I would not. I see Lord of the Rings. Is one of those things like you don't get a lot of Lord of the Rings talk. You know, like it's not going to come up dynamically. We're not sitting around the comic book cooler going, "You excited for that Amazon show?" Like. We just don't talk about this series anymore, even though it's like still a huge property. Lord of the Rings of the Third Age GBA is the only version of this game that I ever grew up with. It's basically <laughs> Fire Emblem is, uh, and uh, Advance Wars. Look at that! Lord of the definitely, Rings. look at that! Definitely not Rockstar logo. They knew what they were doing with that logo. Look at mm-hmm. this! It, it's it's Fire Emblem meets Lord of the Rings. This is, yeah, I, I could see how this being. By the way, check out that great 100 kilobyte version of Aragorn. That's a great, <laughs> yeah. that's a great headshot. This is, I, I, I didn't even realize that the 3D versions of the Third Age even existed. This is what I had. So, wait, yes, I was going to say, I remember this GBA one. I, I remember seeing a review of it in Nintendo Power. Are the console versions also still real-time strategy? They, they're they not this. This mm-hmm. is this is basically Fire Emblem. 
Um, what you get on the PC? I, don't know, I PC, hope yeah. I hope you have a physical copy of this, Chris. I'll be I do. Sad if you don't, I do. I have a physical copy, but I was going to show you a different one. I have. Um, I have this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Battle of Battle Miller, Miller Middle of, oh, Okay, man, I forgot. This I is a hard one to get full full discs for the PC. It's very. I remember looking at the art of Battle of Middle Earth and thinking this is in like this has just got to be a ripoff of WoW. Even though I know it's Lord of the Rings, because mm-hmm. they were really going. The Battle for Miller Two is nothing like WoW. It's um, no, it's, just the art. It's like, like Age of Empires. Like, they, they were very much vamping the art of a uh, of WoW at the time. I will say this: Do you guys have any nostalgia or remember Lord of the Rings Conquest? I do remember Conquest. I don't have any real nostalgia for it. I think mean, the the games I have the most nostalgia for is like. Chris held up the Return of the King. I had that in two towers of the original Xbox. Chris, did and you ever play Conquest? Conquest on which one? Conquest was PS3, 360, PC. It was literally, what, Mercenaries? It was made by Pandemic. It was made by the guys who did uh, Destroy All Humans and all that. It was I guess there. I didn't then, no. Oh, no, I, no, 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 I'm sorry. It, it's it's not a Destroy All Humans type. It actually plays like Star Wars Battlefront. It's Battlefront, <laughs> but with Lord of the Rings. I've no, I didn't even know that existed. Um, my my, so Lord of the Rings for me was like a really cool thing, but I don't want to get too deep into this. Then I will wants to get off here and go to bed. Um, How about I pause point. my camera for a second and come right back. Uh, here I'll do it for you. Okay, I'll just remove you from the. Well, if I hit yeah, remove, I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> okay, he can come back. There we go. Okay, so just for the record. Uh, Battle, I would love to see Third of the Age reimagined in like a Fire Emblem engine, like a modern Fire Emblem engine, because it would work really well. Or even Advance Wars. Where's, where's any of the Lord of the Rings games? Like, dude, I like Lord of the Rings. I could give less of a shit about the uh, what is it, Battle of Middle Earth or War for Middle Earth, like the War for Mordor. The Shadow of Mordor and Shadow. Yeah, War. like, dude, I could not care less about those. Okay. But like, I I agree that that game could be made without it being a Lord of the Rings property, but those games are really good. I've heard they're good stories, but I mean, like gameplay, I, oh, I just oh, oh, absolutely. Well, well, hold on, we got to make Will the big. No guy. way, direct. For, <laughs> Will, you didn't tell me you were going to the Shire. What's going yeah, on? So, <laughs> I'm going on an adventure. <laughs> now we, you know, we better, need to have a Lord of the Rings cast. Yeah, way, I, better, I'm better, not a Lord of the Rings size. fan at all. That better he's, be full. It's full size. size. <laughs> like he, he's like the same height as me, pretty much. So yeah, I will. I will never forget my friend. He literally spent an entire night laughing just about this. He bought a one-for-one replica of Ga- of Gandalf. Uh, no, it is Gandalf of Gandalf's pipe from the beginning of Fellowship. <laughs> it's like an exact prop replica, mm-hmm. but it is a working pipe. And the best part is, all he does is when he smokes it. The only time he smokes Gandalf's pipe is when he's playing the theme of the Shrier. It's like a there's like an hour long version on YouTube where it's the mm-hmm. orchestral Shri- the Shire theme playing, and mm-hmm. he just smokes it only while the Shire theme plays, and it's like the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was one caveat: if they ever do any Lord of the Rings games that are new, we need weird props included Gollum. in the special edition. There's a Gollum Gollum game coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's isn't that a VR title though? No, that's no. Con- that's next gen. That's a PS5 Series oh, yeah. X game. OEBP actually did a video on that, believe it or not. Yeah, I'm so that. confused by that game, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> I, I will wa- I will watch that far away. I'll look at it interestedly, like, okay, I'm not going <laughs> to give you anything, but I'll, I'll do it. By the way, thank you so much for bringing up Demon Corpse's thing, because like, I 
I would love to know what you guys think of like this physically because I think everyone now that it's been coming out slowly on mobile and PC have been happy with the pixel remasters for Final Fantasy, but I wonder does Square release it physically in a compilation? Is what because like these will release physically for sure. I'm thinking they'll be separate or they'll do what they did in the PS1 days. Do you remember where they sold them two at a time? Well, the, the, even on Game Boy Advance, um, you got one and two. Well, that on was only final. that was only one and two because then GBA they did uh, was it four, five, and six were all individual. Right, right. But I'm saying like you had compilations. They've done this before. I had the one and two. But I like, did it in the GameStop like an idiot years okay, ago. Okay, let, let, let's let's then be really cynical about this. Let's say because obviously everyone wants it in one big collection, one through six. How much do you legitimately think they charge for it? Hundred dollars, probably. Will. But but, but but if Square Enix gets their hands on it, does it the way we think you're going to? You're going to get like the Lord of the Rings box set. It'll yeah, be like, it, you get five games. It's not going to be like a, a Blu-ray case, and that's it. Like they they're going to make a thing where there's a shot glass for each crystal or something. Um, <laughs> but that that would probably be, if they did it that way, like you get like the box set instead of like everything's on one disc, which is how it should be. Um, you're going to get like something. They're not going to do what Nintendo did, and I still can't believe they did, I'll, ever. I'll be more realistic, and which is funny. I think this is actually too cheap, but I think this is what they'll have to do. Now, we're obviously going off MSRP. I think 70 I think they'll do 70 on everything. Okay. Each or 70 No, total. no, no. For, so, yeah, this is the price of all of them in one physical package. If they, if they release it like, like this... In one physical package instead of like a box set, like I'm thinking they'll probably like, watch. They do like all of the Switch games will be like three per cart, and they'll like three Switch carts or something mm-hmm. stupid. Mm-hmm. But no, if, if they did just yeah, if they just one cart, probably I'm thinking a hundred dollars. I think that's the only way I to get did, that. I, I totally, I totally see that. Well, what about you? I'll split it eighty-five. <laughs> I, I can do. I, I literally could see them doing six sixty-six dollars and sixty-six cents. Like I can see them being like so worried about. It. Like the 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 only funny thing about it though, I was thinking of is like, I don't. I I do not envy whoever's job that is. It's just like think about it like this though. Final Fantasy seven, eight, and nine have still not gotten retail releases in America. They're all digital still, right? All digital, unless you're in Japan, where seven and eight is on Switch and in Europe. And only eight released physically in Europe. It's the oh, I'm I'm so mad that um, was it? Uh, there was one on the Vita that you got one on the cart and one digital, and I was like, oh, oh, ten and ten too. Yeah, ten I mean, and ten two wasn't a great one. Or at least they made English versions of ten two in Asia. You yeah, you could play Asian copies, but um, oh yeah, hey, we can end it on this. Uh, never forget, even though most people have, I might actually still have the picture of this while we're saying it. Uh, limited run ended last year's E three press conference. No, sorry, not last year's. Two years ago, teasing, and either this deal has absolutely blown up, and Square Enix will never work with them, or something terrible happened. Which, like, hey, deals fall through with limited run all the time. They mm-hmm. ended their press conference with this image. Focus, you bastard. No. Here you go. Limited run games. What font is that? That's got to be I a... I had it for a second, dude. Is that, is that there you go. Legend of Mana? No, that's Final Fantasy's classic Final yeah, Fantasy Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I have a hard time reading it. With this, Physical Forever. Physical. Hmm. And so they were originally scheduled, I'd heard behind the scenes, they were scheduled to release 7, 8, and 9 physically, like each individual set. 
And then I think something just fell through where Square Enix was like, what the fuck? Why don't we just do this? Which, hey, <laughs> do it. Like, <laughs> no one's done it still. So I, I think it, I think it's just been a lot of other dumb... Oh, yeah, Demon Card Trick is a great point. Nine is also physical in Asia, only on Switch. So, yeah, but yeah that that's enough talking. I think my bladder's actually going to explode. So we should <laughs> we should actually wrap up. I'm sorry. This is like the most Spencer Bait episode you could have ever had. <laughs> Spencer Bait. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank Spencer for coming on here and doing yes, this with you. us. Um, when I was thinking of people to do a limited run games video with, other than my co-host Will, uh, Spencer is my first thought because I know how much you love the Vita and the Vita was how they started. And I still feel kind of gross that they switched to the Switch and now it's like all Switch all the time. But you can't make Vita games forever. I understand. Mm-hmm. You could you could have just tried putting on SD to Vitas and gone the cheap route. And no, 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 no. We can't do that. None, none of that here. <laughs> anyway, um, but I want to thank you for being on here with us, Spencer. Thank you. Hey, thank you guys for bringing me on. And I'm, I'm not kidding, Chris. You can either go back in the if we're recording the preamble or whatnot. The first thing I told Chris when I got on here, Will, is is Will coming on tonight? Because I got <laughs> cucked at, I got cucked out of my last two shows. <laughs> yeah. with no Will. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Everybody, if you're still on here watching us and enjoying this, go subscribe to Spencer Presley on uh, the, also known as SMTN SMT mm-hmm. Network. Uh, Atlas follows him, so you know he's official. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still need to find the story of what how that happened. I don't know how. I don't know what intern or whatever like pressed the follow button. And like every week, I go back and I go, "Oh, have they unfollowed me yet? No, nope, I yet. I <laughs> they won't. They won't reply to my DMs, but they will follow me." <laughs> All right. Yeah. Make sure you guys uh, go on there. Oh, wait a second here. You guys are a legend for making this podcast. I was able to finish this es- or podcast long. I was able to finish this essay. It was a three page essay. Oh. You're welcome, Killamo. Thank you. Glad Kilimo. you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, yeah. Thank you to everyone who actually like stuck around for this. I, mm-hmm. I know we tried promoting us as much in as many places as I could, but yeah, you guys are like one of my favorite shows to come on to, especially because I've been working from home the last like two months, and I mm-hmm. have the, the most antisocial schedule ever. So this is like <laughs> the most socializing I've gotten with all four with all four of us here: Chris, Will, and Gandalf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right. On that note. You shall not pass. <laughs> As always, yeah. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. We'll see y'all on the next one. Oh, you screwed up, man. What oh, are you doing? Sorry. I've been doing that with you the news. You cut me off. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We'll, 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 we'll try it again for the time. Okay. As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm the... Spencer. And <laughs> no, we will no, see you. No, the... Chris will... Oh. <laughs> will cast Chris Will the... I got it, I got it. Okay, good. fair enough, fair enough. Uh, and we will see you on next Curlcast. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>